Blog Talk Radio. And 
and Omaha Beach had to get this done and pretty much had to wait until the last portion of the game to get that done. With 47 seconds left to go, Andre Taylor, eight-yard pass from Donovan Portier with a touchdown. It was a two-play, 19-play drive. They did in 22 seconds. And uh, those those were the things that those are the things that happened. And then the then guess what? You know, Anthony Iannotti gets the job done early. So the beef had to hold off the phantom for six minutes because they couldn't get the ball back and do anything with it after they took the lead 47 to 34. So when the Phantoms scored with 47 seconds left to go, it was pretty much trash time. So the beef had to hold them off. And knowing anything about indoor football, as much as I do, when you've got two minutes left to go in the game, the whole dramatics of this game changes. You can have a slow pace going up, but when it's crunch time, like right before halftime and right before the end of the game, you see some crazy things happen. But Omaha Beef were able to hold them off. Good defensive game for them, by the way, in that game, and held off the Kansas City uh, Phantoms. So, you know, you, you, there's a lot of things on that. Anthony Iannotti, 13-21, 132-37 uh, yards pass. Play was as long as that three touchdown passes. And um, he also had three rushing touchdowns uh, that he had to get in. Good performance by Anthony Iannotti in that game on Friday night indoor lights. So that that right there to start the weekend set up a great weekend of games that were going on. And when you, when you start off with a game like that, you get something going on. Now, Texas Revolution, Dallas Marshalls Revolution, Posted in this game, 43 to nine, they got their first victory of the season, folks. That was the really, if you want to call it a blowout, that was the only blowout that was out there on Saturday night. But it just got real interesting for the rest of the games that happened on Saturday night. The other three, the Bucks and Liberty, and this one was exciting. If I was, see, I was watching the Revolution game and flipping channels, and I came up on this Bucks liberty game towards the end as the last play of the game pretty much sealed it as the Liberty were going on fourth down and goal, and they tried to rush it in. Could not get it in. Actually, on the play before, they tried to rush it in. They actually did a coach's challenge, and they couldn't get it in. So they went to fourth down after the coach's challenge was – uh, said that he was short of the end zone. Then fourth down, they did it. You know, kind of the same play, but on the other side. And Derek Bernard fumbled the football. They ran it back for for a touchdown. And the Bucks won 47-36, an exciting ending of a game, which that's what we're getting in Champions Indoor Football, because if you went to the Gladiators and Venom game, 42-33, to and that one right there was the game. And this, you know, could have been very easy, the game of the week. We chose the Bandits and Steamwheelers, but as you go back in the history two weeks ago, the Venom beat the Duke City Gladiators in Duke City on a last-second touchdown pass, leaving one second on the um, – one second on the clock. 
So what happens then? The Amarillo Venom with 43 seconds left to go, get a one-yard Nate Davis touchdown, and they take a three-point lead, 36 to 33. And then with 37 seconds left to go in the game, Justin Kelly, eight-yard touchdown run, one play, eight yards, five seconds off the clock, and Duke City gets the victory, 42 to 33. And I will tell you, Duke City and Amarillo, you know, Todd, Todd is a big-time watcher of this. They could be playing for the championship. An exciting game over there. However, that being said, that's the name of the show. The game of the week was the Steam, uh, Steam Wheelers and the Sioux City Bandits. That was the game of the week. And, folks, this came down to 19 seconds left to go in the game where Sioux City was trying to get back into it. As the Quad City Steam Wheelers with 27 seconds kind of sealed the deal in reality as they got a one-yard run from Robert Jones, gets him for the touchdown, 43-31. to 31. And Sioux City with 19 seconds, uh, they get a kickoff return. from. Uh, and I will tell you, Darren Miller made a great play, still left 19 seconds on it, they kicked it off, and then, of course, the Steam Wheelers covered it, and that was game 43-38 to 38 after the kickoff return by Darren Miller. So exciting stuff happening in Champions Indoor Football. Five great games in reality. If you want to call one a blowout, that's fine. But the other four, you'll be coming down to the final seconds. So I say it all the time. First of all, if you think football season's over, you're not paying attention. Never mind Champions Indoor Football. There's other football going on. You can check the streams on YouTube for indoor football all over the place. You can go to Pluto TV and watch Champions Indoor Football or go to the website and you can watch the replays of them when they get up. Sometimes they take 48 hours to get up there. I am definitely going to get a look at that Gladiator Venom game as I was switching channels and watching the Revolution all at the same time. So, you know, five games on tap this next weekend, too, Saturday. Five of them. Only one team not in action. So, going to be a great game, a great weekend coming up next weekend. Big-time games, too, uh, because if you look at the matchups and you look at the standings of champions indoor football, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on. Games that are coming up. And this is on Saturday that we're talking about. It's going to be the Wichita Force. They're going to be on the road to take on the Amarillo Venom. That's a 6 o'clock Central Standard Time kickoff. So you get an hour to watch that game before the rest of the other four kick off. The Bismarck Bucks on the road to take on the Kansas City Phantom at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Quad City goes on the road to Omaha Beef at 7.05 that will be a good one because they're fighting big time. I'll talk about the standings here in a moment. Duke City goes on the road to take on the Marshals and the Salina Liberty. They go on the road and they take on the Sioux City Bandits. Big time games. Salina Liberty, second week out on the road. That was a heartbreaker last night. That was one I was watching towards the right to the end. I watched a lot of that game. 
as I was switching channels. Uh, big news out of there uh, as far as Sioux City, Richard Davis, uh, unfortunately, has, uh, was relieved of his duties. And Paco Martinez takes over for that team. And those that know a little bit about this league knows that Paco Martinez was the coach of the Champions Indoor Football League champions uh, in Champions Bowl three with the Wichita Forces. He coached that team. So that having been said, exciting stuff that's going on in indoor football. Again, if you, if you think football season's over, you're not paying attention. You get a lot of fun. And the, the fun part of this, as far as champions indoor football is concerned, it, it's, it's not over mm. until it's over, at least in these games. The parity is really, really good in this league. And I will tell you right now, I'm happy with what we are getting out up on the football field. So watch out for that. Next week is week number nine. We're already nine weeks nine weeks into a 15-week season. So, you know, we're, we're looking six more weeks of indoor football and before you go into two weeks of playoffs. So a total more of eight more weeks, two more months of indoor football. You got to watch them or you're going to miss it. We'll be covering a lot of that as we go on. And we are here on our Sunday morning tradition. That is the Couch Potato Sports Show. Welcome into the show. Todd online uh, giving us a listen. Uh, the fine co-host of this program, he is running a little late. He's probably getting a high and tight, getting a haircut like he does every one every Sunday. So we'll get him back in here. Uh, by the way, I promise the uh, the standings. Let me go to the standings. Uh, hope I'm not sure if they. Uh, I'll know if they've been updated because they kind of know where everybody is. Up on our website, looking at that. Yes, all right. They have been updated. In the north, in champions indoor football, Sioux City and Bismarck Bucks, they are tied at four and two. So four and two record for these guys as they move into this. Now, the cool thing about that is that those guys are going to meet a couple of times before the end of the season. Followed by the Seam Wheelers at 3-2. and two. The Salina Liberty are 4-2. and two. They played one more game than Quad City, so Quad City's at 3-2 and two are in third place because of the percentage. Mark that. There's something wrong with that. We got to switch those over as far as it, it but that's what it is. Uh, Omaha beat two and four. They need the victory in Kansas City drops to one and five. In the South, Duke City Gladiators five and one. Amarillo four and one. Wichita Force they are three and three on the season. Dallas Marshall's one and five, as well as the Texas Revolution. So. Top four teams in each conference get into the playoffs. So um, in the South, Dallas and uh, Dallas, as well as Texas, and to a certain stretch, Wichita are going to have to pick it up because right now Amarillo and Duke City look like the class of the South. And in the North, I mean, you know, Omaha if they go on a winning streak. Watch out for them; they can make a play for it. Kansas City kind of. They just got to get to playing better 
you know, six more games for the, the family. If they go on a streak, they can slide in. Same thing with Omaha. But right now, Sioux City, Bismarck, Quad Cities, and Salina would be in the playoffs if it started now. So, good competition up in the north as a lot of teams fighting the battle. In the south, they got to get better. And Todd says Kansas City is better than their record. We'll, we'll find out. They got to get they, – they might be better than their record, but the record is showing where they're at, and they have got to get some on ticks on the W side in order to uh, move into the playoffs. So, that having been said, of course, that's the name of the show. We are on our Sunday morning tradition. Lots of things that we're going to talk about. I usually cover a little indoor football because of the high and tight for Fuego being a little bit late, as he sometimes is on a Sunday morning. So we cover a little bit of my passion, which is indoor football. That having been said, the other things that are going on in the NBA, I, I got some great news the other day because, yes, and I'll admit it. I'll admit it. I, 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 listen, I will admit my fault. I will admit my biases can't stand, and I'll say it, just can't stand LeBron James. I'm not going to deny the guy's talent. I won't go that far. The guy's got talent. I don't like him. And on Friday night, they took the loss. They got down 2-1 to the Pacers. So Sunday's game's going on, just so that you know. Uh, Boston mm-hmm. and Milwaukee just tipped off. Uh, Golden State mm-hmm. and San Antonio. San Antonio might be done. As their Golden State's going for the sweep in that one. And then the Toronto Raptors, they are going against the Washington Wizards. Toronto leads that two to one. By the way, Boston leads the series uh, against Milwaukee two to one, and then the nighttime game, Cleveland. Cleveland's down two one. They take the loss to Indiana. In Indiana three one, they could be toast. Good point. Could be toast. That having been said, of course, that's the name of this show. There would be nothing more than I would like to see than the Cavaliers out of this playoff cut. Now, watch. What may happen in these games, and it will be Crimea River Cleveland Cavaliers if they start losing. No, they're not getting the calls. They just don't want them in the playoffs. How many conspiracy theories will come from this? But why do uh, the question is is why does the conspiracies come? They come because the guy gets too much attention. And I'm talking about one LeBron James. And, yes, I don't like it. But there are some things that are good for your organization, some things that are good for your league, and LeBron James is good for both. The problem is, is that outside of Cleveland, other teams look at Cleveland and they look at LeBron James. And guys that are old people now, like me, I'm 51 years old, guys. I'm 51, and I just, I go back to what I've seen in the past. And what I see is a totally different game. 
And granted, back in the 80s and the 90s, this wasn't finesse ball. This was physical ball. Now it's finesse, and it's hard to watch. However, I watched a lot of games this year, and I watched the game where Cleveland lost to the Indianapolis Indiana Pacers on a Friday and was ecstatic. But the difference in the game is totally different. And there was, you know, the era of football, Jordan was there. i got to give him that. And a few years after Jordan went down, the only person that could come close, and he wasn't even close in reality, is Kobe Bryant. Personally, I didn't like Kobe Bryant, personally. But I loved his game. Kobe Bryant, out on the basketball court, was Jordan-ish. Wasn't as great as Jordan, but the effort, the want to win, and it didn't matter. He put the things to the sides as far as Shaq was concerned to win championships, all that. And, of course, he won championships without it. Business is business, and he got the job done. Personally, didn't like the guy. Pumped. But as far as passion and wanting to win football games, I'm going to tell you right now, there was nobody better during the era right after Jordan, up to Kobe, up to where it is now in LeBron. Now, he had some guys there. Don't get me wrong. But Kobe was far and away better than most of them. You want to throw Shaq in that? You can go ahead and do so. But Shaq, Shaq couldn't hit a three-pointer to save his life. His impact is a little bit different than Kobe's. Kobe's is a more of an all-around player, more shows than just throwing up the shack and turn around and just drop it in the back bubble. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but if you look at Kareem Abdul-Jabbar compared to Shaq, anybody wants to argue who was greater, I'll tell you, you just didn't watch Kareem. You didn't watch Bill Russell play these games because Shaq, as much as you know, as much as I respect what he's done out on the basketball court, it's like having cement in the tennis shoes. Bill Russell, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, those guys—they moved their feet. They had the best. They had to hit a ten-footer. Kobe, let me tell you right now, Shaq didn't hit a ten-pointer to save his life if he had to. Got to get him close. And, and sometimes knowing your game is the best thing. Shaq knew his game. Get him into me. No one, hey, Shaq was unstoppable from five feet from the, from the bucket. Outside five feet? Eh. Again, I'm not going to deny Shaq's greatness because he was great. But outside of five feet from the basket, he didn't impress me. Kobe did it inside, outside, and any which way. And it's too bad they couldn't get They would have got more than two rings. I think they got two rings together. It's not they got three, but I think it was two. But I'm going to tell you, you put it to the side for those years. Went out there and got it. Yeah, laps ahead. There's not even a comparison who was better. Hey, and Shaq had his thing. But Bill Russell and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, come on. I want, I want to tell you, compared to... Hey, Ken, can we talk? Yeah, can we talk? Thanks, Joan. Because it's not even close. 
But I like Shaq. I like him personally. Although he doesn't, he doesn't understand what he says. He's, you know, he, 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 even on TNT. Yeah, he's got to get in the ball. He's got to be able to get around it. And, you know, it, it's driving me nuts. I can't stand watching. But he knows his gig. He knows what's good. He knows what he has to do to draw in the crowd. And the crowd that they love Shaq. But I like this guy. You didn't know. This is the guy I like. You asked for the call, somebody. It's Wendell on a Sunday morning down from the high, high on a Sunday afternoon. And that being said, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, Sonny. How you doing, buddy? I'm, I'm, I'm alive. I'm up and swinging this morning. I'm on Shaq. I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. This guy knows a little bit about Shaq because he watched a little bit of Shaq and Kobe together. Maybe not as much as he had some love for Jordan and Pippen, but it was the next best thing going on after them. But, you know, is it me? Or, and I like Shaq. I like his game. Sometimes you got to know what you're good at, a la Alex Smith in the NFL. You don't throw deep. Uh, Shaq, get the ball close. Um, but to me, when I was watching Shaq, I was watching the guy that had some men in his tennis shoes, more so than Green, more so than Bill, more so than some of the other guys that are out there. Don't take away from his greatness, but outside of five feet from the bucket, Cuervo, were you afraid of Shaq? <laughs> Absolutely not. No, I mean, now I will say he, he got lucky every now and then and, and, and hit some crazy shots. But yes. to, say that, uh, to say that you should – that you should have been scared? No, absolutely not. I mean, no. he couldn't hit the you know the side of a barn uh, when he came to shooting a basketball. So, absolutely. Um, I, 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 I'm not sure, and I'll look it up while we're going, but this guy was the worst free throw shooter maybe in history at the center position. This guy couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. That's the phrase I was trying to think of. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's – He's up there, and I think I, you know, a guy like uh, Dwight Howard's probably not too far behind. And here it is: free throw percentage, fifty-two percent from the from the free throw line. So, and, I mean, uh, yep. that wow, that, that's that, that's that's really embarrassing. That's why they had to hack a Shaq, because right? he had one two chance that Shaq wasn't going to put it in from the line in reality, and his career. Three-point percentage is 4.5% from three-point land. So, and I don't know how many shots he took, but that was that was his that was his uh, that was his number. Um, so, but you get him in close, Cuervo. His field goal percentage, one of the top. I mean, 58%. I mean, those are big numbers right there. Most of those coming in within six feet of the basket. Well, I mean, you know, back then that's what centers did, though. You know, they stayed close yeah. to the rim. And they, uh, you know, they pretty much were physical. Nowadays, I mean, centers play a little different. They're a little more diverse. They, and they have more of an outside. They're, they're more like a David Robinson, Hakeem Olajuwon type center. You don't see guys like Shaq anymore. You don't see, uh, you know, those guys that are just a dominant force under the rim. That, that's just not the way the center position's played anymore. So, um, you know, that, that's what you get in the NBA today with those type of, you know, centers like a Joel Embiid. I mean, Anthony Davis, I think, is a pretty decent shooter. He's not great, um, but he's a guy that can hit a, you know, 12-foot uh, shot if you need him to and whatnot. 
So it, it's just that the center position Kevin has changed Love. a little bit. Ke- well, Kevin, Kevin Love's Love. a power forward, but, I mean, you could put him in the center position, but absolutely, yep. yeah. And Kevin Love, Kevin Love is, is uh, when, he, when, he's, when he wants to be or when he's healthy, he's a deadly three-point shooter. So he's got, he's yep. got pretty good range for a guy his size. That having been said, it is it, it is playoff basketball. As we are speaking, there's a game going on right now. Um, as Golden, uh, uh, mark that, it's the Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks, 12 to 11 right now. Uh, that Boston leads that series, and that's without their main guy. If he's out for the rest of the year, as he didn't want to play with uh, with um, with uh, LeBron anymore, so he took his talents, I guess you could say, <laughs> um, over mm-hmm. to the Boston Celtics. Unfortunately, not in the lineup for the playoffs, but right now uh, Boston on top of Milwaukee. This one, was, this one's kind of a pretty easy one if you were looking at the playoffs and how they were working out. You had Boston even without uh, uh, is his name Kawhi Leonard, the one that. That played and moved over. No, it's Kyrie. Uh, it's a Kyrie Davis, right? That went over to uh, Boston. Kyrie Irving, I think, is who Kyrie, you're thinking of. Yeah, Kyrie Irving. Yeah, that went over to Boston. He's out for the season. Uh-huh. Um, but Boston should win this. Uh, should win this round, uh, even without their guy. But well, I mean, it, it does seem like Boston's having a. Or am I looking at the series right? I thought Boston was kind of down. They were in trouble. Uh, but I could be wrong. I could be thinking of a different series. But, you are. Um, they're two, and one, they're two one, uh, leaders right now. Okay, then I must be thinking of, I think Miami is who is down to the Sixers. Um, yes, they are. really down. surprise me. Actually, that doesn't surprise me a whole lot, Sonny. Because I... I yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of people are high on on the Sixers, to include myself. Um, I just like the way that the process, as they call it, has been going for them. And um, I mean, you know, you're you're seeing the result of of a team that, and and I can say this because we don't work for ESPN or anybody else like that. But when tanking goes right, Sonny, that the Philadelphia yeah, 76ers are the prime example. Of when tanking goes right and, and, and you do it the right way. So, uh, congratulations to, to Philadelphia. I mean, I know they just had a, a Super Bowl champion, but, you know, for those basketball fans out there, I'm sure they're very excited about the uh, the Sixers and, and, and how successful they've become over the past, you know, year, year and a half. Absolutely. And, and, and that's, you know, I've always kind of pulled for the underdogs. This is one that you like to see. They tanked in the right way. It wasn't so obvious, uh, a la that, uh, Dallas Mavericks. Um, you know, so, you know, but, you know, where they come out and say they are tanking. God, I hope they find him for that. But that being been said, uh, the Golden State Warriors looking to sweep out San Antonio a little bit later on today. Uh, Golden State on top in that. Um, series 3-0, and just to put it out there, folks, this really doesn't have anything to do with really in reality um, too much, uh, but the loss of uh, the wife of, um, I don't know, Greg Popovich might be the best coach in basketball, maybe not the last two years, but the years before that definitely was the best coach in basketball. He loses his wife. 
uh, earlier this week. I, I don't even know how anybody could get it. But the story square vote, of course. And, and, this, and this is the reason why I'm not a fan of LeBron James. Because, folks, this, this is easy, okay? LeBron James in his fake emotion, like he heard it for the first time, and he did I don't know. I mean, yeah, we beat up on LeBron, so let's find a reason to do it. But, God, he brings it on himself. And there's almost fake crying going on. And, hey, I, I, I did. I was like, holy crap, are you really? But, I, I mean, tears too much? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if you heard the story about LeBron and that whole situation. Grant Popovich loses his wife, uh, you know, during this playoff time. And, um... LeBron asked surprised, although he knew about it, because they warned him they were going to ask him about it, and that's per the reporter. So, um, I don't know. Did you see the coverage of LeBron James and his Academy Award losing performance about his fake emotion, maybe, of what people are putting out there? Uh, You know what? I totally missed that, Sonny. What did he emotionally fake? Uh, about what? He, he, darn, he, darn near, he, darn, he darn near came to a – he was actually crying. I, he was actually crying. Now, I, 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 I don't know. I guess that's disingenuous. That's why I can't believe the guy. And, and that's where, where one of the biggest you know, faults of LeBron, the LeBron James people look at. This guy knew that Greg Popovich's wife – passed away, and in an interview, he acted shocked like he didn't know it had happened and uh, put, up on it. The, uh, put up on the Academy Award uh, uh, performance, maybe not, maybe not maybe not the Academy Awards. What's the one where it's not the Academy Awards, but it's the, uh, it's the complete opposite Like an Emmy? That. Maybe an Emmy? Well, no, a bad, a bad performance. What, what, what are they called? Bad performance awards, you know. Oh, it was bad. And, oh, and, what the Darwin? I mean, a Darwin? I don't not, know. I don't know, Sonny. I don't. I don't know what they call it. Darwin. I think it's just crazy stuff. But anyway, the acting was horrendous. It was bad, and he acted <laughs> like it, it, it. And that's the reason why people look at this guy and say, you know, I don't. I don't know. It, it just it, phony tears. Yeah, you know. You know mm-hmm. things like that. It, I don't know. It's just, you know, it doesn't bring, you know, his reaction, if it, I mean, he knew about it, his reaction would have been compassionate towards the uh, coach, Greg Popovich, would have been more of me instead of this, you know, Academy Award trying to win, you know. I, I don't know. It's, and that's, that's the reason why people look at LeBron James and they take a step back, I think. Well, I mean, I'd have to I'd have to see the performance to uh, really judge it, but uh, it sounds like you know he put on quite the show. Um, yeah, look it up. I, I'll see if I can find it when we go to break. You know, you can hop mm-hmm. off and then you can, and but you gotta listen to it. You, heck, you can watch it, but and and see it. But if you listen to it, it's it's really bad. It was almost like it, you know. He got close to a kid's <laughs> kind of thing, almost, almost got to that point. Um, but uh, it, it was pretty sad. But that's what it is. But 
Golden State is going to wipe them out a little bit later on today and sweep out uh, the San Antonio Spurs unless they come up with something, you know. I, I don't know. You're, you're talking about a team where the coach, first of all, you can tell before his wife passed, this guy was emotionally great. He's a great Popovich is old people now. It's not like 10 years ago when he was, like, in his life. But he, this guy is just getting a little bit beyond what he can do anymore as a coach. They're motivating and keeping the same guys out on the basketball court to try to win basketball games. It's almost impossible for him now. Uh, but Greg Popovich, obviously one of the best, you know, takeaway last two years. But the five, six years before that, there was nobody better in the NBA as a head coach. And now they're about ready to get swept out of the first round. Well, I mean, they uh, what are they down two to one? Cleveland? Three to one, three no three zero three zero. They haven't got a victory against Golden State at all yet. Oh, you oh, I thought you were talking about Cleveland. My apologies, Sonny. Yeah. Oh no, um, we're we're gonna get to Cleveland in a minute. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, there's a lot there's a lot stacking against San Antonio right now. Obviously. You know, the, the loss of, of coach's wife is, is never an easy thing. That, that affects the whole organization, um, you know, mentally. Uh, on top of that, you mean that their best player has played 10 games this whole year. So, uh, you know, for, for San Antonio to, uh, you know, be playing the way they have and, and down 0-3 in the, in the series, doesn't. I don't think it surprises anybody. And, and I mean – it's just it's going to be interesting, Tony, to see how this off season uh, how it plays out for the Spurs. You know, with the, all the drama that's going on with Kawhi Leonard, it just uh, you know yeah. it's it's. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. This is the first time I think that I've seen a situation like this with the San Antonio Spurs, where a guy is is really. Um, what's the word I'm looking for, I guess kind of uh, fighting with the organization over, you know, contract extension or whatever the case may be. Um, yeah. This is the first time that, that this has really happened, and it's it's really – it's unusual to, 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 you know, see happen because I mean, the Spurs are normally an organization that's, that's ran – you know, well, uh, from a business standpoint, normally they don't have issues with guys uh, with with contracts and stuff like that. So it's you know, for for both sides, it's this is a you know unfamiliar territory. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all unfolds in the off season. Taking a look at this game today with Pop, he's not going to coach today. By the way, he's not uh, going to be on the sideline today um, after the passing of his wife. What do you see? I mean, do, do you see them having a chance? Or, or, I mean, there's always a great story about emotions in, in sports, and this is one of them. Maybe try to go out yeah. there and win one for win one for Aaron's uh, wife, of course. What do you think? I, I mean, as much as I would love to see that, Sonny, and, and you know, it's not it's not disrespect. It's not to show disrespect to you know. Coach Popovich or his, you know, his his late wife or anything like that. I just don't see it happening. Um, I, I think there's too much against San Antonio right now. I mean, if they haven't won a game yet, they're not going to win oh, game four. So I, I just don't see it happening. I think I think it ends today. 
I think Golden State finishes the sweep off, and uh, they they wait to see who their next opponent's going to be. Yeah, it, it's kind of amazing. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it's going to happen, but it would be a great story. That's what, you know, to, to get the victory here, I, I, just, I don't see it, um, but we'll see if it can end up happening without uh, Pop on the sideline. That's going to be one of the stories. Now, of course, the big story uh, right now will be the game that's happening later on tonight, where well, it's uh, Cleveland Cavaliers in Indianapolis as the Pacers have a 2-1 victory. Uh, well, not victory, but 2-1 lead in the series. Um, we're seeing, which, I, first of all, I don't think anybody thought that the Pacers were going to be able to hang with LeBron James. I didn't think that was going to happen. So that having been said, if I didn't think I was going to see it, I, I'll be honest, I thought Cleveland wipe them out. Or at least, you know, at this point, they'd at least have the 2-1 series lead more so than the other way around. Yeah, this one kind of surprises me because, you know, I mean, I thought Indiana was obviously more of a threat with Paul George on their roster. Uh, it, it seems like they're playing better without him. So it's uh, it's quite interesting. But I think, you know, I, I think it's more about Cleveland and the lack of, of uh, chemistry that they really have as a basketball team. And I, you know, you saw it throughout the season. So for anybody to be shocked at, What's happening right now, um, I mean, you shouldn't be. I mean, I'm a little surprised uh, that uh, they're down two games to one, uh, but I knew that this was going to be a fight for them. I knew that Cleveland was not going to, you know, get through this series easily. Um, I'm just a little surprised that they're down two games to one. So, um, But I think if you really watch closely throughout the season, Sonny, this, this should not be a surprise to anybody because of, the way that they played together as a team, even after trying to mix it up and, you know, trading some guys away and, and everybody thought that it was going to be, you know, all peaches and cream after that. Well, you know, it's funny how there there's the one constant with that basketball team is, is, you know, the guy that considers himself the best player in the world. I, I look at this, I, I just, I just happened to pull up the roster of the Indianapolis Pacers. Okay. And, and just mainly because I sometimes don't know how to pronounce names unless I know them in my head. But when you look at the roster of the Indianapolis Pacers, it's a who's who of nobody. I mean, really. And, and, but that's what they've been doing. I mean, you take away last year, Indianapolis Pacers were getting, or Indianapolis, Indiana, the Pacers were trying to get in there and trying to play in the playoffs and doing very well. Doing it with, but it's and Nick Boo. Uh, you were talking about another guy. I think you were thinking about a guy that was on off uh, Paul George or is on uh, Oklahoma, but he used to be. He's in Oklahoma City. He used to be. If I'm not mistaken, he used to be in Indiana. He was. Uh, but yeah, he was there yeah, last year. So, yeah, so he's over in Oklahoma City. So they lose mm-hmm. their main guy, and here they are squared up against LeBron James and trying to shut his mouth. I mean, and there's something to be said about teams that are like that, where, well, really, I mean, if you pull up the, the roster, okay, do you know Al, if you know NBA, you know who Al Jefferson is, okay? But I look at the rest of this square, the rest of this roster, Cuervo, I'm like, who are these guys? I mean, Trevor Booker, Aaron Kalizin, uh, 
Alex Parenthes, uh, Miles Turner, Lance Stevenson, Ben Moore, TJ Leaf, I've heard of him. Um, but, I mean, we're talking about guys that you don't know. But Len Robinson, the third, I, I mean, if you watch the NBA, you know a little bit about him. But, really, you got two guys, and these guys that you know, these are not guys where you go, well, i got to have that guy on my team if we're going to win the championship. You know, so, you know, you're talking about – and these, by by all stretch, these guys aren't scrubs. They're the best of the ones that don't get mentioned, and that's the reason why they're a pretty good basketball team. I think. I think Eagle goes out the window. I think they know where they stand up against the big names out there, Cuervo, and they're just out there fighting the battle. Yeah, you know, and 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 um, you know, there's a couple names that I recognize that you mentioned. I mean, Lance Stevenson's one of them. Uh, for those who don't know who that is, he's the guy that famously uh, was blowing in LeBron James's ear a few years ago on the free throw line. So if you remember that little that little, uh, <laughs> that little <nugget>. situation, <laughs> yeah, that that was quite the <laughs> quite the nugget. But, but uh, yeah, so that's who that is. But um, yeah, a lot of the other names, I, I I'm the same way. I, I'm with you. I, I don't recognize their names. I don't know who they are. But but you know what? Sometimes sometimes it comes down to just playing together as a team. Sometimes that's more important. You know, talent doesn't always win over a team that plays together as, as a team. And, and I think this is a situation where, you know, the talent's kind of irrelevant. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, for all those LeBron lovers that are, that are screaming that he doesn't have help, um, you know, if, if to if me, I, to the I mean, <laughs> yeah, if you, I mean, how much help do you need against a team like the Indiana Pacers? How much, how much help do you seriously need? I mean, this is a team that you should be handling with no problem. I mean, he should be averaging Absolutely. 40 a night. He should be averaging 40 per game, but he's not. Yeah. I know a guy that would, though. And I know a guy that did torch the Indiana Pacers uh, back in his day for 40 a night, but we're not going to go there right now. We're talking about LeBron, the queen, <laughs> the queen himself. So, the queen himself, yeah. Yeah, but – uh, All right, let's do it, Cuervo. Let's try it. The 973 area code. We're going to give you a shot. Hop on. You wanted to talk NBA. Go ahead. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I actually have called this number before. but I believe it was on Wednesday. So anyway, um, are you surprised uh, yeah. at how, how Cleveland is struggling right now? I am surprised. I am surprised that, and it's not hmm. because I expect uh, LeBron James to to master everything, okay? But yes. just what we're talking about right now, you're talking about a squad of really no namers in reality, or, or not even close to some of the talent that they got on their team. Now, granted. You know, if this, it, it would surprise me if it goes more than six and Cleveland walks out of it, of course, at the beginning mm-hmm. of the series. Now you got to question where that's going to be. I don't think anybody expected Cleveland to be down in this series two games to one to the Pacers. All right. Now, turning this into the Jazz, um, with the um, spectacular performance that the uh, rookie guard has, uh, has been giving, uh, where, do you, where do you see them? I I like the Jazz because they're one of and in Cuervo, I don't know if you, you're keeping up with that, but I like the Jazz because they're one of those what I call 
in, they're an NBA grinded out team. I like teams right. that will go and do what you, you know, and do what the Pacers are doing, and doing with guys where you just don't necessarily know who are who who is who amongst them all. Um, that having been said, of course, when you're when you're talking the playoffs, it, it's a total different game because you expect stars to pick up. But right now, you're not you're you're looking at a Utah two one series lead. And we're not getting the Russell Wilson that we're expecting. And Paul George not obviously being completely healthy is affecting that. But we go back to why are the Thunder having the problem with the Jazz? Where about, you know, yeah. we talked about Paul George with the injury and everything else. You know, are, yes. you, where about, are you surprised that the Jazz are up on top of the Thunder? Um, not really. No, I said that series can go either way. I mean, you have, you have the Jazz on one side, but you also have – Westbrook and the Thunder on the other, so it was I it was kinda of, thought it was like an evenly matched series and I was projecting uh seven anyway, so I can't say yes, but I can't say no either. This 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 was a toss up. Cuervo, what do you think when you look at that one? I mean, yeah, I mean I I'm in agreement. I, I I think that uh you know, especially when the season started out, I think a lot of people jumped on, on Oklahoma City right away just because of you know the the names that were coming yeah. in with with Mello and, and and Paul George and stuff like that, but I think that's that's the mistake that people make every year when guys jump to new teams. Uh, you know, you wanna you wanna fall in love with the situation and say, well, God, look at how stacked they are now, and uh, look at this big three, and, and you know, and the reality of the situation is that they've never played together before. So, yeah, um, you know, I I was not a buyer of the Thunder at the beginning of the season. Um, the only thing that I, I really bought into with the Thunder was that you know Russell Westbrook was gonna uh, try and and have an encore performance of his MVP mm-hmm. season last year. So, um, but I mean Utah, uh, I mean you can't really ask for a whole lot more than what they've gotten out of. Oh, their rookie and Donovan Mitchell this year. Who's going to win Rookie of the Year? I think that's, I think that's hands down. There's, there's no debate about it. Uh, but um, if he does, we mean, got a problem. Yeah, I mean, people that are voting uh, should probably not vote anymore. So, uh, <laughs> no, because yeah, a lot of people not. think it should be, um, that should be a Simmons of uh, Philadelphia. I mean, I mean, you could, you can make that argument. Uh, what I would say, though, is that I think the expectation for Simmons was a, was was higher than for a guy like Donovan Mitchell, for you know, who most people, including myself, had no idea who this kid was. If you ask me right this second, what college did he go to? I don't know. I'd have to look it up. So, um, the, you know, the yeah. fact that that I don't know that goes to show that this, you know, this kid wasn't uh, he wasn't exactly on anybody's radar coming into the season, but. You know, when, when you mentioned Donovan Mitchell, now everybody's like, yeah, that, that, that rookie that, yeah. you know, taking the league by storm. So it, it's that's why I, I would vote for Mitchell for rookie of the year, just because there really was no expectation for him. And, and the fact that there was no expectation, he has exceeded what Utah was looking for out of him in his rookie year. Well, what's up? Yeah, because that was, that was my vote to get Mitchell. Um, Mitchell to get a rookie of the 
Rookie of the Year. Although some uh, other people have um, argued that it should be Simmons. But uh, I'm, I'm not buying that. All right, with about eight minutes left to go, one before we are going to we're going to jump into a break, and then when we come back, we'll get up on what we talk about usually, which is football. Well, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the Raptors. Raptors coming out of real, not really coming out of nowhere, but kind of having yeah. the success that I didn't think that they would have. I thought they'd make the playoffs as a six, seven, or eight, um, but they did what they did. They re- they right now lead the Wizards. I you know I I think the Raptors are going to get out. What do you when you look at them? And by the way, let us know your name so at least we know. So we're not saying this area. Oh, nine, oh, of course. Seven three. Uh, the name. Is, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, uh, the name is uh, Lou, your friendly neighborhood podcaster. <laughs> okay. Lou, all right. So Louie, what do you think about the Raptors? I mean, outside of round one, where do, do you think they end up? Oh, I haven't picked to go to the Eastern Conference to go to the championship in Rivers of the East. I wasn't surprised by that at all. So by the success this year. From the East though, within that division, within the East, well that that's also assuming that Cleveland's gonna get out of that first round everybody's talking about is you know, the big story. And Philadelphia over in the East you know, where the, where they'll end up is another thing too. So, so you think you have them in the Eastern Conference Championship is what you're saying, Toronto? I have no. I'm representing the East for the final. In the final, got it. So you yeah. think they get out of it? So you think they're going to get past Boston, Philly, Cleveland, oh, Indiana, yeah. and, and and Miami? So Cuervo, I mean, that we talk about a talent roster again. Not the great big stars out there, and and not only that. They won that conference by four games. They are 59-23. Closest team was Boston at 55-27. Wherever, what do you think about the Raptors? Uh, it's, a, it's a tough one, Sonny, because, I mean, you know, they, they're a team that has been in the thick of the Eastern Conference playoffs for the past, you know, three or four years now. And they just, you know, I mean – you know that guy LeBron James has gotten in their way every year. So usually, um, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, with the way Cleveland's playing this year, I, I think, I think there's a very good shot that Toronto gets in uh, to the finals. Uh, I tell you, I I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't sleep on Cleveland though, just because of the fact that, I mean, you, they still have LeBron. I mean, there's there's really no telling when Cleveland could just all of a sudden turn it on. I mean, we could see Cleveland blow Indiana out by, by 25, 30 points tonight. Uh, and if that happens, I think that's when people need to open their eyes and, and say, okay, here comes, here comes the Cavs. Like it, it just, that's the way the Cavaliers have operated the past couple of years, Sonny. It's just the, the, you know, the fact that they're a four seed, that's, it's irrelevant. They, yeah, the, that don't the mean regular season. Yeah, the regular season doesn't matter to them. Uh, they just care about the playoffs, and yeah. you know, I think the fact that they've only played three playoff games. I mean, it, it's it's you know, I wouldn't buy too much into it. Uh, but if Indiana wins tonight, then that's. I mean, I, I would. I would really. I don't know. I mean, I, I would probably say that 
Cleveland is in a lot of trouble because yeah, you know even even though they're down three one, uh, you just I, I just wouldn't count LeBron out until he has lost that fourth game. That that's, I, I, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. They they square bro, they they can beat down three one and you they're three zero and you still got to think of what they get because all you got to do is look at it a couple of years ago when you brought that team back you had to put them on the shoulder you know it, it, but there's one thing about you got to learn and know when to flip the switch and right now they're not flipping the switch right now because they're not panicking now I think now they're going to have to start to do that they're going to have to flip that switch they're going to have to get ready or this could be a very quick exit for them out of the playoffs. They get down 3-1. I don't, I, I don't think that LeBron's capable of doing what he did a few years back. So he, they're going to have to get this one, or I think it's over, at least as far as my opinion. So what we're going to do now is we're going to take the quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. When we come back after the curve, we'll get back and we'll get into some NFL talk. We're doing that here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. You're listening to that being said. Our Sunday morning tradition continues after the top of the hour. This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Perfection Body Sculpting located in Rowlett. Did you know that Perfection Body Sculpting doesn't just offer laser lipo and radio frequency for body contouring? We also offer cellulite reduction and skin tightening, as well as thermal lift and cosmetic and collagen facial creams, as well as top-of-the-line facial masks to help reduce fine wrinkles. There are also gift certificates as well as gift baskets with awesome products in it. Call today for your appointment and get three 24-gold facial masks with the purchase of a $69 consultation that includes a 30-minute laser lipo session. So contact 214-735-8519 or visit them on the web at www.perfectionbodysculpt.com. In 1998, Scooter's Coffee was born. Co-founders Don and Linda Eccles began their amazing journey when they opened up their first drive-through coffee house in Bellevue, Nebraska. Their motto is, amazing people serving amazing drinks, amazingly fast. Scooter's only roast from the top 10% specialty coffee beans in the world. And their specialty, the Caramelicious. If you're new to Scooter's, you can't go wrong with ordering this rich, velvety caramel gem. So make sure you check out Scooter's Coffee, located at Rowlett Road in the 66 with a convenient drive through so you can get onto your business real quick. That's Scooter's Coffee, located in Rowlett. Selling your home could be the single most important decision you make in your life. You need someone with the experience and know-how to help you through this decision. Brian Chadwick of JP and Associate Realtors has you covered. Knowing the specifics of the Rowlett and Rockwall area is his specialty. Contact Brian at 972-533-9059 or visit him on the web at brianchadwick.jphomesforsale.com. That's Brian with a Y, not nychadwick.jphomesforsale.com. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, learn the art of self-defense, discipline, respect, physical development, and mental focus. 
Become the best that you can be. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, we offer an after-school program, fitness kickboxing, birthday parties, summer camp, and homeschool classes. Check out our one-year anniversary special. Two weeks and a free uniform for $19.99. That's right, $19.99 gets you two weeks and the free uniform. Check out Chang Lee's at 469-506-4483 or visit them on the web at mychanglees.com. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about the Mitchell Law Firm. Looking for a bankruptcy attorney in Rowlett? Talk directly to your bankruptcy attorney, not their paralegal. Get a personal touch directly from Greg Mitchell. The Mitchell Law Firm handles a wide variety of bankruptcy-related matters, including litigation arising out of bankruptcy matters in state as well as federal court. We represent both individual and small business debtors in Chapter 7, Chapter 11, and Chapter 13 bankruptcies. For more information, come in contact with Greg Mitchell at 972-463-8417. That's 972-463-8417. Or visit them on the web at www.mitchellps.com. Are you in need of an electrician in the Rowlett, Rockwall, or Saxe area? What kind of electrical work needs to be done, residential, business, or industrial? Contact Allen Bauer Electric for all of your electrical needs. It's important to have a qualified, licensed electrician taking care of any electrical problems you may be having, so your loved one or customers are safe. We have built our business on quality for a fair price. And good customer service, but of course. Give Alan Bauer Electric a call at 214-356-0197 and tell him Sonny sent you. Alan Bauer Electric, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. And welcome back into the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, coming to you live on a Sunday morning. It's that being said, the Sunday morning tradition continues in our ninth season on Blog Talk Radio and up on air. Before we know it, the Rowlett Eagles are for my locals here in the Rowlett Texas area, just on the outside of Dallas. Rowland Eagles varsity basket, our football kicks off August 31st. And myself and the eagle-eyed Bill turn on the coverage and the play-by-play of the Rowland Eagles over in the Garland IFC, and they'll continue into basketball. We'll cover the Rowland Eagles in basketball. But we are getting set ready to go as Lots of news going on as far as the NFL and things that are happening. We got Louie online. You've given us a listen. We'll bring him back here in just a moment. But Cuervo, in a time right now where the NFL, you know, we're getting ready for, you know, what I call the preseason of the NFL season that's upcoming. And we are going to be on air. I, I, I cleared my schedule, Cuervo. 
Thursday, going to be on there. We're going to cover the draft that's happening on Thursday. That having been said, Cuervo, are you going to be around? Are we going to do a the draft show? It's Thursday night that kicks off, correct? Sonny, are we going to do a draft show? Is it, are you really asking right. me this question? I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. You can bitch slap me a little bit later. I, I should have <laughs> I have to do – we have to do this. This is the, yes. the tradition Big that one. we have built. Not only that, where both, but a lot of guys. I mean, a lot of news as far as who's going to go first, where's going to go, and things of that sort, what's going to end up happening – you know, all the quarterbacks are they going to come? Are teams going to go for the best guy available, or are they going to go for the position that they need the most? And this one here, this year, I think there's a lot of times where a team is going to look past their position that they need, and they're going to take the best guy up on the board. Uh, well, I mean, if it, if it's if it's a guy that can you know, benefit their football team. I mean, I don't see really a problem with that. But, you know, say, for example, if you have a quarterback already, but you got a guy like Josh Rosen sitting there, uh, probably, I mean, unless you you know somebody that's going to be willing to trade with you, I, I mean, it's kind of pointless to draft another quarterback. So um, I definitely get what you're saying. Um, but uh, sometimes it's not the worst thing to draft just, you know, the best player. Sometimes it's, I mean, it could benefit you in some way. Yeah. And, and let's do this. Let's go ahead and bring, and by the way, Louie was on with us Wednesday, and we appreciate him getting on. What, what do you think about this year's draft? What do you think the main story, uh, Louie, that's going to come out of the draft this Thursday in the first round? Well, I'm hoping that for my Jets that we get a good quarterback and a good running back because we desperately need it. Well, definitely, but don't you think you need a coach? Or do you do you like the coach? Obviously, you know, the defensive coordinator that heads over from Arizona. I mean, what do you yes. think about your coach up there? I mean, do you like him? Do you or do you think that maybe he would have been better served than Buffalo like Sonny thinks if he was ever offered the job? I don't maybe know. He but I think he should have taken that job. No, I mean, because, you know, we did sort of exceed expectations last year. I mean, because everybody was dogging the Jets. They were only going to win one game yep. if at all. So, um, you know, they did expect um, – they did exceed expectations. So I'd say uh, we should uh, keep them around. But we do need to step up our offense quite a bit more. So hopefully well, we get on the offense exactly. side. And hopefully we get Barkley. Okay, so you're, you're going Barkley. You want Bar- Do you want Barkley, or do you think he's just the best set for the team? Is, what about Barkley that says this is the guy we got to have? Well, watching him play at Penn State last year and help that team, I think maybe he's a, he'd, be, he'd be a good uh, choice for us because we, des- we desperately need them in the position. I'm going to tell you what I think about Barkley because you, Cuervo, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, when I look at the NFL and, and uh, the college game and I try to compare teams, I think Penn State is the Jets. I think that's the kind of team they are if you look at what they do and how they go about it at least in the last five years. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I didn't – by the way, I don't even know who Louie is. He's been on our show. He, I, that's exactly where I was going to go because I think he's right. 
I think Berkeley is the guy for the Jets because those two squads, when you look at Penn State and the Jets, they are kind of like the same squad, Cuervo. Um, so, you know, what do you think about Berkeley and the Jets, Cuervo, or do you think he'll even get there? Um, well, let me see if I can refresh my memory. I think the Jets are picking at six, or is it six? I have to, you know what, I have to look at it. Third. Um, I'll look at it. I'll bring it up. I'll, I'll bring see. it up. They're, they're around six or seven, Cuervo. Okay. Um, well, if they're picking at six or seven, I don't think Barkley's going to even be there anymore. Uh, I mean, there's a chance that the Giants take him. There's a, ja- a chance that Cleveland takes him at four. Uh, so if, if the Jets are at six, then I don't, I don't see that happening. Um, I don't think they're going to. I mean, the Jets would have to trade up maybe. Because, well, I mean, you know, all the, all the news about, you know, and I know we're going to get into it, but the news about Denver willing to move is, I don't even think that's going to be good enough. They're going to have to get into the top two or and, three and just to just to make that happen. Do you think? Do you think that they will, Cuervo? I mean, the, but here's the thing: the Jets are are at number three because they did that trade with the, uh, with the Colts, so they're sitting at number three. Oh God, that's right. Yeah, that's, so I forgot all so about they, that. They have Bar- They can have Barkley in their eyes, especially. If they go ahead and they grab, if Cleveland goes defensive on the defensive end uh, first uh, before they get the uh, quarterback a little bit later on in the first round. Well, I think they still have to be worried about the Giants at two uh, taking Barkley. Now, and that's the thing, though. It's like we don't know really what it comes down to, Sonny. And I know this is going to be a topic that you're going to just absolutely love to talk about. How do the Giants feel about Eli Manning at this moment? Mm-hmm. How much how much more does he have in the tank? Now, if they feel that he can give that he can give them another solid two to three years, then you know, maybe they decide to pass on a quarterback and they they, they roll with Eli for the next couple of years and they go and they get and they get a playmaker in Saquon Barkley. But hey, if, if they're like, I mean, if they don't feel that way, though, then they have to take Barkley, and that's going to leave the Jets, you know, out out in the dark with, you know, the opportunity to get Barkley. Hey, Louie, what happened to the love that they had in the third round for Davis Webb last year, the Giants? And they, they lost all that love, um, especially after that whole debacle that Ben McAdoo. You were right there in New York. What you, what, what, what's going on as far as that's concerned? What, what are you hearing? <laughs> last year was a season for them to forget. I mean, it was their worst season in franchise history. There was nothing that went right that, that season at all. And I don't expect do much from this year either. What What do you think about Eli Manning? I mean, I've been hearing stories that one more year. If he doesn't do anything this year, gone. Okay, so so I've been hearing stories that they're off an idea about going quarterback with that pick early in the in the draft rounds. Uh, I, the Giants, they're at number two. I heard they're off that pick. They're off of a quarterback. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that too. Because, I mean, this I I think think that Eli's you know getting up there now, and he's 
lost a step. So um, if if nothing does well this year, I think Gellman is going to get rid of him. Yeah, I, listen, Eli Manning shouldn't have got, been gotten rid of last year. Now, guys, I, it's not the fact that I dislike him. I just don't like his game. Everybody says, see, and I've been hearing a lot. So, I mean, you're just an Eli hater. No, I don't like his game. I actually like Eli Manning as a person. His game has been falling off. If you, if you know the history of this show, and Cuervo will back me up on this, Eli Manning has been slowly dropping off of the bank, off of the top for the last four years. Three years ago, I said they need to do something about their quarterback position. And in, in a league of what have you done for me lately, and that's the NFL, it hasn't done anything for him lately, Cuervo. And, you know, the question that you have to ask, though, if you're the Giants, how long do you hold on to Eli Manning this year before you might have to make a question, a questionable move about bringing in a backup? And if they don't go quarterback like they are, I've been hearing in the new square ball, what are they going to do? Well, exactly. And, and you know, it's um, – it's, they, they can't make them strong stories. They're going off of the quarterback, so, uh, the quarterback at number two. Strong, strong stories coming out. A lot of times you hear those little, you know, you know, foot in the water stories that that don't have any really oomph to them. This backing off of a quarterback in the first round has been giving up some big stories up there in New York, Cuervo. No, and they absolutely have, Sonny, and. and... I think that the Giants have to be careful with uh, with what they do. I mean, because the reality of the matter is, look, it's easy to fall in love with a guy like a Saquon Barkley because yes. you can use him. You can use him in so many ways, and and he displayed that in his college years. I mean, you know, as a return man uh, out of the backfield, uh, you know, I mean, as a pass catcher. I mean, you can do all that stuff with him. It's just is that what's going to get you back in the thick of your division? Is that what's going to get you back in the playoffs and eventually back to a Super Bowl? I, I mean, what was the last time that a running back was, you know, the guy that led you to a championship? It's, it hasn't happened in who knows how many years. So that's just not the way the league is built anymore. It's all about quarterbacks. So, so that you know, the, the Giants have to be extremely careful not falling in love with a guy like uh, a, a Barkley and just kind of taking a step back and saying, "Look, what's more important?" Like the Giants are one of those teams where you you know you asked the question earlier about are teams going to pass up on a guy that they need as opposed to just the best player? The Giants cannot do that. They cannot afford to do that because if if they miss out on one of these quarterbacks and and they hit and they're a star in the league, I mean, it's, it's just going to set the, the franchise back for five years. I think another team like that, believe it or not, and, and I might get crucified for this, but the New Orleans Saints have to really start thinking about getting a new quarterback as well. Look, I, I know Drew Brees, Drew Brees just signed a new contract, and that's great. Good for him. Drew Brees is also 38 years old. Okay? I mean, He's old say what you want. Say what you want about Tom Brady. Look, he he's right now. Uh, you can you can say he's beaten Father Time, however you want to say it. But the guy has he's gonna eventually 
uh, you know, end his career. He's going to retire, and and you know, thanks to the owner Robert Kraft, that you know the Patriots are going to be another team that are just sitting there with you know with their thumb in their mouth, wondering like, boy, what do we do now? Like, well, well, they, they don't. They're not going to have a quarterback. There. Louie, hop in there. I heard you wanted to jump in. Go ahead. Yeah. Because, um, like, you know, Giants was not impressed with all that this, uh, this uh, last season, and I still don't think there's going to – got a lot of work to improve on this year. So uh, it's gonna, it's gonna, it could be a very difficult season coming up. Yeah. And what, just to elaborate on what Cuervo was talking about as far as the Patriots are concerned, you know, they've gone off the guys that, you know, Jimmy G, obviously a guy that they went off. Then that young cat that went over to the Indianapolis Colts, um, they, they let that guy go. And, you know, and don't forget just a couple of years back, the fact the fact up now um, in, in Houston, um, another cat that they were – but this, this – Tom Brady is a guy that isn't going to go anywhere, or is he? I mean, that's the big story, Cuervo, right now in the NFL. They're still talking about it, the, the, the rumblings that are going on with the Patriots. You know, are they getting along? Man, are they loving this? Because I don't think there's a thing at all in, in New England to worry about. And I'll tell you the reason why. The simple fact of the matter is, is when you got Bill Belichick as one as your quarterback of your team. Notice how I said quarterback. Okay, he's the real quarterback of this team. Okay, and as long as this guy's in control, it's going to be done his way. No one's going to question what he wants to do on this back on this football team square vote. So the simple fact of the matter is, it's going to be Bill's way, or you're not going to play at all. And I don't know, maybe it's me, eight Super Bowls, okay? Listen, eight Super Bowls, I don't, anybody who decides that they want to question Bill Belichick should get the, the, the bitch slap on, on uh, couch potato sports show. That, that's almost one of the dumbest statements that you can make in reality hey, when hey, you're talking you talk? Thank you, Joe. Can we talk? Anybody that leads your team to eight Super Bowls, if you're questioning them, you deserve to get the couch potato bench slap, Cuervo. <laughs> I know, absolutely, Sonny. You're right. Um, yeah. You know, because a lot, a lot of times when we talk about these things, and this is not to pat ourselves on the back, but a lot of times, you know, we we see things before before a lot of people do. And, um you know, that's that's just why, you know, we've been together so long, Sonny. It's like we always know what we're thinking, but we're, we're, also, we're also on the money a lot of times. Now we've been wrong. You know, we've been we've been very wrong sometimes, and and okay. we've we've had to we've had to eat, uh, you know, plates upon plates of crow. But at the yes. same time, you know, when we're right, it, it's it's the same thing. You know, we're we. We, uh, you know, we know what we're talking about. But, you know, in this case, um, like I said, I mean, it's just if you're if you're the GM of the Giants or if you're the GM of the Saints, the Patriots. I mean, look, I get it. Like, you don't want to think about the future, but you have to. Yeah. And you know, with the, with the with the few guys that are out there right now. Um, you know, and, and I'll even take it a step further. You know, everybody's talking about the big three. 
with uh, Allen Rosen and uh, and Darnold, there's other quarterbacks out there that that oh, will yeah. that will make an impact in this league. Okay, I mean you got you got a guy in Mason Rudolph from Oklahoma State. You got Baker Mayfield. Um, you know, so there's other quarterbacks out there. Even if you don't get one of those those top three names that everybody's talking about, look, you can you can even tr- do so as much as trade down to get one of these guys. Uh, but you know, that's that's if you like them enough. And you know, have they to be honest. Are coming out of Washington State, where both Luke Falk is beginning to get a lot of play out of Washington State because of the cannon arm that he has and everything else. So he's getting a lot of talk right now as far as, you know, the best of the top, you know, the best on the outside of the top four. But what really amazes me, and maybe it's me, I don't know, but we've been watching this game for a long time, and I'll get Louie's opinion on Lamar Jackson out Louisville. I mean, this guy is not that traditional quarterback. This guy, I, I mean, I, we've seen him come and go, this type of player. What do you think of Lamar Jackson there, Louie? Do you think he breaks the mold of what the type of player that he is and he can be successful in the NFL? I think he could be successful. I've heard a lot of talk about uh, Jackson, and he seems to be uh, fairly decent. But everything is all written down on paper, so I'm just waiting for the proof. Yes. Proof. Proof is in the pudding, as they always say. And Lamar yeah, exactly. Jackson, I, you know, I, Lamar Jackson, I agree with Louie 100% on this. I want to see more. And granted, why should I want to see more? Well, we've seen this before go to Robert Griffin. We've seen that before. Okay, this guy is Robert Griffin all wrapped up again. And uh, Todd is watching the show. uh, You know, he he says um, Denver would draft draft him, but they won't. Lamar Jackson? I don't know. I don't think that that's the kind of player that fits John Elway at all, in my personal opinion. But Lamar Jackson, he's going to go to a team that is not a team that is a candidate for the playoffs, usually. This guy could end up in Cleveland, for crying out loud. This guy can end up on many football teams that don't have that a traditional pocket passer. Or, guys, if you say Lamar Jackson, Cuervo, do you say franchise quarterback? No, I say role play. Well, when I when I when I say when you say Lamar Jackson, I think roll the dice because that that's how I feel about Lamar Jackson. If you draft, if you draft him. It's really a roll of the dice because you don't. I mean, can right. you honestly say that you know what you're getting with Lamar Jackson? I mean, who can, who can honestly say like I know exactly what kind of quarterback he is? I know exactly the the, the way he's going to play. Like you can't really say that. Now, you could probably say that about all the quarterbacks. Um, but I think what it really comes down to is is he is he a guy that that can get you. Uh, you know, could be a playoff caliber quarterback, could be a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. I think he's a guy that has to learn to be more of a pocket passer. Okay, look, I, I know, you know a lot of people are like, well, you know, he's so athletic, and but yeah, athletic. That's then you know what? Then then maybe he should become a wide receiver, or maybe he should try playing running back. You know, if he if he's going to be if he wants to show off 
the, his ability to be athletic, then quarterback is probably not the position for him. And I know there's teams out there that have asked him if he'd be willing to switch position. From, my, from what I know, his answer is his answer is heck no. He wants heck to no. be quarterback. Hey, that's fine. Uh, it's he, not just heck he has no. Uh, it's not just no. It's hell no. He ain't doing it. Right. And and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the show. And really, this is a guy that won't do what needs to be done for the team. This is a guy who's definitely looking out for. Him. Hey, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but at the same time, you got to look at the NFL. You got to look at the caliber of player you are, and realistically put it there. Now, granted, if you're hyped up to yes. see you can be a Randall Cunningham, great. You can hype yourself up. But as much as I love Randall Kinningham, he, the guy, he's not a Hall of Famer. He's not even close to a Hall of Famer. And in the NFL, and right now, you're taking a, if you are taking a splash on a quarterback in the first round, this guy better be the guy that's going to be able to lead you for you know, more than two or three years. I don't know, Moody, what do you think? Wait, 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 I just, I mean, when when teams right now in the NFL take that flyer in the first round at a quarterback position, that better be a damn good position or a, a damn be. good pick because there's so much writing on that first-round draft pick, and especially as high if he, if he gets taken high as maybe in the you know, around that 12 or 13 spot. Oh, I agree. Notice how I said 12 or 13 because I don't see him going way before that anyway. Um, but but that's still, at Cuervo, a very valuable pick at 13. I mean, you get the top 13 players in the league, and Lord forbid someone take a flyer on a guy no one's talking about, a la the Dallas Cowboys, although they've got the right pick with Frederick, taking him a little early. That don't always work right. out, though, for a lot of teams. No, it doesn't. But I haven't agreed so, with what you. I haven't agreed with what you said. So, so Lamar Jackson. I mean, where where do you have him? I, when I look at some of the draft boards, I see him as high as number five. On some of the other draft boards, I see him. I see him at number, uh, you know, number ten. So the question would be, Cuervo, where do you hmm. got Lamar Jackson on your list uh, as far as that's concerned? Uh, you know, when it comes to Lamar Jackson, Sonia, I I can see. A scenario just kind of like similar to uh, to Teddy Bridgewater when, when you know the year he was drafted, I could see a team coming back up into the first round uh, at maybe like twenty seven, twenty eight, and uh, uh, you know drafting this guy. Um, I don't, I, I don't have a team specifically. I'm going to do a lot more homework in the next few days and and, and try yes. and per, you know do my own version of a mock draft to try and predict where I think or who I think is going to slide back into the first round and, and, and draft Lamar Jackson. But I can see, you know, a scenario that uh, that somebody, you know, trades back into the first round and gets him. So a late first-round draft pick is possible, yes. like we said. We're going to cover this on Thursday, um, and we're, we need to do it a little bit early as well, Cuervo, so – uh, we'll get oh, together yeah. on the time when we're going to do this. But uh, this one's going to be a good one. This one's going to probably be more entertaining because there's so many 
quote-unquote first-round quarterbacks coming out of this draft. So uh, we're going to take a look at a lot of those guys that are going to go on. Let's head into the NFL because there is big news for you, and we might as well talk about it because sometimes when you when you get a guy and you you do what a lot of teams do, they pay you for what you did. So we'll go ahead. And the volume, sorry about that. And the Eagles still ahead, and they re-signed their guy, $11 million for Nick Foles. It, this, I think right now, Cuervo, this is the right move. He's got some money, so you got to be happy with that. Two-year deal, $11 million. This guy could have went someplace else, Cuervo, probably for the 11 or $12 million per season, yeah. more so than two years. So, so what do you think about this Nick Foles signing? Yeah, I think he got what he wanted. You know, he wanted to stay with the team, and they gave they gave him incentives. So how could you how could you miss it? He makes a two million incentives if he uh, gets in certain uh, milestones. I think it made a good deal. Of course, he won't guarantee him a championship, but.
reports are saying that he may be able to go by week three or four, and some that, I, and I'm looking at a couple of them, they're saying there's no way he'd be back until at least week seven or eight. So, yeah, so it's a matter of time. And, you know, and you talk about Nick Foles as a guy, like I said, this guy could have asked for $12 million, uh, and go someplace else. However, he gets the money, he gets the $2 million signing bonus, um, and so that in reality, that's a two million dollar, two million dollar deal. I gotta find out how much to actually the signing bonus is on that. I need to find out what the guaranteed money is. But that having been said, um, you know, with the two million dollar signing bonus, that's in his pocket. That's a thank you for winning the Super Bowl for us. We appreciate it. And here's the breakdown. All right, here it is. It's um, two million. Uh, we talked about the two million. It's a twenty-three million dollar through. Uh, $23 million for two years. Um, let's see here. And hmm. the Eagles have the option to keep Foles under contract for $20 million in 2019 if they want to. But Foles has the ability to buy his way out of the deal by paying back the $2 million signing bonus that he just signed. So that will be totally up to him. So, in other words, he gets the $2 million as a thank you. However, if he wants to leave the team in 2019 because he has a good year and he can get more money, it's only going to cost him $2 million in reality. So they set it up for it's easy for him to fly because $2 million bucks compared to the money that he will get if he has a good season, Cuervo is going to be a drop in the bucket. And, heck, the team might give him an extra $2 million bucks just to give it to him so they can bring him, in home, bring him on in home. Yes. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, that that's that's the beauty of a 2-year contract is, you know, you get you, you get them guaranteed for a year and then if if it doesn't work out for you, then uh that second year's an option and you can let the guy go or whatever the case may be. That's exactly what uh, you know, the Bears did with Mike Lennon. Thank God he's gone. So, um that's like I said, that's the beauty of a 2-year contract is, you know, both sides aren't you know, committed long long-term to each other, and, you know, you have the flexibility of, of moving on. Yep. And some other stuff that's going on in the NBA or the NFL, let's talk about, because this one's got a lot of speed as well. The Baltimore Ravens, they go ahead and give an offer sheet out to one of the wide receivers from the state as they go ahead. They're going to, the Ravens going to try to grab up Willie Sneed. He's a restricted free agent. They offered him a two-year, $10.4 million contract. Uh, they have, I think, until Wednesday to match that square vote. Sneed a pretty good player and, and a guy that Drew Brees will depend upon as the second and third option. Um, you know, do you think that the Saints stay with Sneed, or do they let him go and sign with the Ravens? That's a tough one, Sonny. I, mean, I, I think, you know, you, you look at what Baltimore has done so far, in this off season, uh, you know they break in Michael Crabtree, and I yep. I want to say did they I can't remember if they brought anybody else in, but I know I know Michael Crabtree. I think they let Mike Wallace walk, so he's gone. Yep. Um, and but you know that's that's the only thing I could think of right now. So um, I mean, if the Ravens are willing to. Uh, say that he's going to be the number two guy, and, and they feel like he is the number two guy. Then, um, you know, then I well, actually, let me take that back. It, this is all on the Saints whether they're going to match it or not. So, right with that said, 
You know, they, they, they've, got, they've got their young stud in Michael Thomas. He's the number one guy. I don't think there's any question about that. Now you right. look at number two. Uh, now who's their number two guy? And, and this is where it gets interesting. You know, nobody's really talking about the New Orleans Saints uh, mm-hmm. drafting a, a wide receiver, but don't be surprised if they are. If you remember back in 2000, I think 10 or 11, um, yes. nobody was expecting them to draft Brandon Cooks, and they did. So yeah, I think this is another true. year. Uh, this is another year where I could see the Saints quietly looking at these receivers and saying, you know, we can make one of these guys a number two. Uh, and on top of that, I mean, it gives Drew Brees so much more to work with uh, just drafting a guy, even if it's a – I mean, you might not be able to get Ridley or, or, or Christian Kirk, but if you get one of these other, uh, you know, tier two receivers, I think I think that could work out really well for the Saints. So um, – my prediction, Sonny, I think the Saints let him walk. They don't match the offer. And Willie yeah. Sneed becomes a Baltimore Raven. Yeah, and not only that, Baltimore, you know, like you said, they signed up Crabtree and got him ready to go as well. And uh, and another guy, John Brown, he actually got some talent. That'd be a nice one, two, three. And, and let's, let's be honest, the Ravens, and I'll ask hey, Louis this, I don't know how much he keeps up with the Ravens. Joe Flacco needs guys that he can throw the ball to, and this would be a great addition. Yeah, Flacco, huh? Yeah, he's lost his step. I mean, I'm not, I'm not so sold on him anymore. Yeah, but let me ask you a question. Do you think that Joe Flacco is a victim of not having guys to throw to? And, and when I uh, yeah, I would, I would think so because you don't have any guys to throw to. I mean, you know, what good is it? And I hear his brother is uh, got uh, is uh, getting uh, into the draft. Ooh, boy. Oh, I didn't know about that, Gordon. Do you know about yeah, that? Yeah, No, I had no idea. I didn't even know he I had a younger brother. I didn't know he had a brother. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he does. So there you go. We're not up on him. So he's declaring. Um, you know, so we'll find out what he's all about as well. So. Uh, that's just some news that's going out there. But really, I mean, we, we talked a little bit about it uh, on Wednesday, Cuervo. That's Bryant. You know, reports are that he is unlikely to sign with the Giants right now. So the Giants don't seem to be interested in doing that. And Cuervo, I think this goes back to what you were talking about on Wednesday regarding Dez. You put Dez and also you know, two guys that are kind of like diva-like. I mean, I don't know. Eli, right right now when I look at Eli Manning and I see that situation and they got their wide receiver already set, but really do they where well? Because, I mean, if you look at o, you know, OBD, you, you, you talk about this guy, okay? I secretly think he hates the fact that Eli Manning's the one that's throwing him the football. I believe, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe it's me. Uh, but then you add on Dez Bryant, who's going to be parking for the ball too, Cuervo. I think I think you hit the nail on the head as far as the Giants bringing Dez Bryant there. It's going to get in the way of what little chemistry I think is there because Eli will go to him. The question is, is will the ball get to him in the right way that he can make plays? It's one thing to get him the ball where he's got to go up for a jump ball and go down. But we talked about it on this show. Oops, I think my time Eli was up. Manny, Eli, Eli Manning, uh, you know, 
Eli Manning does, can't hit the broadside of a barn anymore in motion. Um, so I asked Cuervo, I mean, is this a good fit for Des Bryant? I don't think it is. No, I don't. I don't think it is, Sonny. You know, and it's funny that you know when we did the show on Wednesday. Um, yeah, I did mention you know all the the drama or you know the the you know the, the guys that are on the team already, and then the day after we had the show, Boom. the Giants turn around and, and they cut they cut Brandon Marshall, and I'm like, yeah. okay, well that's interesting. Maybe they're trying to make room for for Des Bryant, and and I would assume that that's what they were trying to do. And now that Des Bryant's, you know, unlikely to sign with them, I think the Giants kind of feel a little burned, you know, that they got burned on the situation because I'm not saying that there was a verbal agreement or anything like that. I just think that, uh, you know, the Giants took a gamble in in letting a guy in Brandon Marshall go, uh, hoping that that would be a little more appealing to Des Bryant, saying, look, you're going to you're going to definitely be a 1A and 1B with Odell and nah, it backfired on him. So it it really it sucks if you're a Giants fan because you know first of all you you don't even you really didn't even get anything out of Brandon Marshall. He got hurt early in the season. I think it was the first game actually to be yeah. uh if I remember correctly. Uh so you didn't get anything second. from Brandon Marshall as a Giant. You didn't get anything from him. Uh, and then, and then obviously Beckham goes down with the, uh, with the ankle injury weeks later. So, uh, you know, them, them banking on Des Bryant being a little more interested in, you know, because of the fact that they let Marshall go. Uh, I think they feel like they got burned on the situation, but you know what, that's the business. It's unfortunate, but, um, but uh, I don't know if that statement was made after, Marshall was let go, or, or was it before? I don't know, but um, if he's not interested in the Giants, then you know, there's, there's, I mean, yes, I know you say three teams left in the division that he could go to, but uh, I, I don't, I don't see, I don't see him going back to Dallas. So it really narrows down to two, and I don't see that hap- I don't see him going to Philadelphia either. Definitely, there's you know it, it's something I don't see Philadelphia at all. Um, you know that that whole situation as far as that is concerned. I well, Sonny, it, I it, mean they're gonna have they're gonna have their hands full with Michael Bennett and and the, that, the situation with him. So you know to bring Des Bryant in that that's just not gonna that's just gonna be too much for them to to be willing to deal with. Yeah, you steered that exactly where I was going because of the whole Michael Bennett drama that is going on, which, by the way, is not over. And then, you know, that whole that whole thing with off-the-field problems the Eagles don't need after coming off of the Super Bowl. It just, gives a, it just gives them too many things besides football to talk about if they bring it. Because guess what? When they're in the uh, interview processes, you know, the, the, the people talking about things that are going on, he's going to be – have to talk about other things besides football, and that's and let's be honest, Des Bryant isn't good at talking football. Never mind things outside of football when he's talking to reporters. This guy is the worst with reporters, and in fact, makes himself look as dumb as he really is. Yes, I said it. I don't care. I, I you know, I, you know, you want to you want to go on a guy's talent. That's fine. But when we talk intelligence, when we talk about smart people, he's just not one of them. And when it boils down to, to a team like the Eagles, they don't need two guys out there that are going to be off the field problems 
when they're trying to defend the Super Bowl championship. Never mind making it back to the playoffs, vote because like you said, Carson Wentz, how long will he be out? Will Nick Foles, now that he's got film, you know, he could be that second, you know, the secondary rookie, Cuervo. You know, he comes on, now there's film on. So what are the NFL defensive coaches have in mind for Nick Foles going into this season? So, you know, there's a lot of other things that a team that, that are set, but the Eagles, they just don't need this kind of thing. So um, other things that are going on in the NFL, Cuervo, and this one's going to be a big one because you have another team that might want to take a look at the quarterback position, would be the Indianapolis Colts. Right now, luck is not growing yet. That's not neither good nor bad in reality, Cuervo. Um, they say he's doing well. I mean, they're obviously not going to take any chances until the last two weeks of the preseason with Andrew Luck, and if they are, they're just dumb. You, you don't even put him in a position where he can accidentally run into someone and get hurt. So the Indianapolis Colts are another team where they have to really honestly take a look at the quarterback position and what they are going to have to be able to do. And when you look at Indianapolis, they're at that number six position, they could be in line for one of those quarterbacks as well. Well, Sonny, I know you just said that, uh, you know, it's, it's not neither good or bad that Andrew Luck's not throwing yet. I, I kind of disagree a little bit. I think it's, I think it's bad. I mean, you think yeah. about the amount of, of recovery time that, that Andrew Luck has had. To, two years. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, I mean, been on the field in two years. So, exactly. So, the fact that he hasn't been throwing yet, to me, that's not good. That that's not good at all. I I would be extremely concerned if I was the Colts about Andrew Luck and and, and the health of that shoulder because a, a, a shoulder injury, even with surgery and recovery, should never take this long. Should never take this long to recover, and he should be out there slinging the football right now. But the fact that he's not uh, really says a lot about. The, the the seriousness of that shoulder injury. I mean, I I, I hate to say it, Sonny, and, and and this might be a little premature to say. I I think it could be career ending for him. I mean, I'd be surprised it, if we see him at all ever. And, and it, 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 it's one of the things that's really hard to believe, Corey. About you know, in 2015, the guy only played seven games. 2016, he played 15, but he got definitely hurt, which in turn, we didn't even see him in 2017. So you're talking about a guy that, first of all, you know, played all the games his first three years of his career, had a great rookie year outside of, you know, doing what he needed to do. I'll give the credit where the credit is due. When this guy came out of the, came out of the box square vote, you know, as, as a rookie, I wasn't expecting a lot. But, you know, but, you know, 627 yards don't mean anything. It's not necessarily uh, our uh, 4,300 yards doesn't necessarily mean anything. It's the touchdowns, 23. Second year, 3,800 yards, 23. Then the big year, 2014, 40 touchdowns, 4,700 yards throwing the football. Now, Cuervo, he's you know he, he can't even get out on the football field and an injury like that. And this is the reason why they dropped back in the draft in reality, Cuervo, because they could have been at that Jets pick at number three. 
but that was a great pickup for them as far as draft picks are concerned because the Indianapolis Colts, you can say whatever you want, they got a lot of draft picks coming up in this in this draft, whether it be two, three, four in the rounds, but taking a step back three times, if they got their guy, it, it, that just tells me that they don't know who in the draft they like. Because if they had a guy in mind and he was the next big thing, they would not have moved out of that number three spot, square bow. So that means that they had more than one guy that they were taking a look at that they can say maybe can take over the range for Andrew Luck if they need to. Right, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's I, – I think it was just more about what Indianapolis got in return for it, which is why that trade was so appealing to them. And, and, yeah. and I'll tell you, I mean, I, I give a lot of credit to the GM – uh, that's probably a move that, that I would make. If I was a GM, I would be that type of GM too. Oh, I'm only moving down three spots, but I'm also getting, you know, whatever they got, another another third rounder, fourth rounder, whatever it was. They got two uh, you third know. rounders, or, or one second rounder, two third, two third rounders. They made, they made out oh, pretty God. good. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, God. Where do I sign? Where do I sign to make this deal happen? Let's go. Like, that, exactly. that's how easy it probably was for the GM to say, okay, you got yourself a deal. Uh, but I think it also speaks volumes of, you know, where the, where the Jets are as far as they know who they want. And they felt like we need to be at three to get that guy. Uh, and there's right. nothing wrong with that too, because if it is a quarterback and they do get one of these guys, um, I mean, look what it did for, uh, the, uh, you know, a team like the Rams. I mean, the Rams, you know, well, first of all, they made the trade to go down when the Redskins moved up to get RG3. Now they made, then they turn around a few years later, make a trade to move up. They get their guy in Jared Goff, and now they're, now they're an 11-win playoff team. So, you know, if, it's, it's, all about, it's all about if you believe that that's your guy. That's why, you know, yeah. at first – Absolutely. Last year, my initial my initial reaction when the when the Bears traded up one spot to get Trubisky, I, I mean, I wanted to you know throw something through my TV, but you know when when, when I took a step guy. back and I thought about it, you know it, yeah, exactly. If if the Bears as an organization feel like that this is the guy, this is the quarterback that's going to you know take that team to the next level, then you know what? As a fan, I'm on board. Like I'm, I, I'm all in on Ryan Pace, and you know the trade that he made. I tell you, Sonny, what I saw from Mitch, I like, and I'm, I, I don't want to say yet that I'm fully sold on the trade, but I mean I can't really be too disappointed in what I saw. Yeah, he made a couple of mistakes here and there, uh, but but he's no Jamarcus Russell. Thank God he's no Jamarcus Russell. He's no, uh, you know, one of these other, you know, RG three. You know, type quarterbacks that that you traded up to get, and it was just a complete disaster. I don't think Trubisky is a complete disaster, uh, but next year is going to obviously tell the story of what we're getting from him. Absolutely, and and there's and there's no question that when when you're in that position that they're in, it's it's an important it's an important thing to do, um, and if you've got your guy in mind. And I'll give, hey, I'll give Dallas the credit. They went up and they got Fredrickson way too early. And this guy was set out in a second round 
And they said, no, I, we're not even going to risk it. This is going to be our guy. And not only that, they got the right guy, and the guy has been monster. So when you know who your guy is and you firmly believe it, you got to go after him. And if you take the risk and not get the guy, that could be a problem for you. So we, I, that's why I still think we can see a lot of things going on, especially now where both the Broncos coming out and they are saying, hey, hey, guys, don't forgive us. We're at number five. We can, we can do that, which gives credence to that Lamar Jackson rumor going to, uh, to Denver, which I don't think it's in reality a real one, Cuervo. Um, but it does open the door for a lot of teams to move up to that number five spot because it tells me Lamar Jackson's still going to be available, and they might even take they, they might take the swing on it. But if you're the Broncos, you can't get this pick wrong, Cuervo. It's your number one. It's got to be a quarterback. Come on. It's got to be a quarterback. If you don't do that and you're you're John Elway, you you want to talk about us eating crow? John Elway will have so much crow, he won't have anything else to eat for the rest of his life. Oh, he won't need to eat anything else. He'll, He'll be so full off of it. Unbelievable. It's a, it's a big one. I mean, the number five, and, and, and I'll tell you, they're going to get some look at, you know, hey, today's Sunday. That This number five pick, once everybody starts talking about who they are and whether it's smoke screens or not, then it's going to scare some football teams, and some football teams are going to move up to the Broncos. So as far as strategy is concerned, I like the strategy that is coming out of uh, Denver with, with that, throwing it out there. But I honestly don't think it's, it, it's really real. I just think it, it, maybe it is. Maybe they can get that offer that they can't refuse, and they go ahead and do it. But I'm going to tell you, Cuervo, that number five trade up for, up for grabs, that's big news. And um, the question is, is who's going to take advantage of it? So we're moving into our third hour here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We're going to take our long break here. That'll get us to the top of the hour. And um, I don't know if Cuervo had an opportunity to see the LeBron James video. If you can find it, I meant to find it. I'll see if I can find it and send it over to you and we can watch it. So we're going to take our long break. Take it up to our uh, third hour. That's 2 o'clock Central Standard Time. We'll take that quick break on the Couch Potato Sports Show. You're listening to that being said. We'll be right back. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. With over 50 combined years of knowledge and experience in sports performance and athletic training, our coaches understand exactly what it takes to achieve your goals and excel at the next level. Contact Melvin Bullen at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. 
We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience. So roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. It always happens. 6 p.m. on a Saturday night and your heater or air conditioner goes out. What are you going to do? All the heating and air conditioning people are closed. How about 24-hour service available at 5-Star HVAC Contractors? You can be sure to be serviced amazingly fast. That's 5-Star HVAC Contractors serving Relad 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. 214-457-8441. Call the experts at 5-Star HVAC Contractors. Let Spirit Outfitters be your home for any of your specialty needs. Spirit Outfitters can do it all. Whether it's screen printing, custom apparel, spirit gifts, or embroidery, Spirit Outfitters has you covered. Need personalized apparel? We can do that. Want something just for you? We can do that also. Spirit Outfitters will let your imaginations run wild. Give them a call at 972-412-3440 or visit their showroom at 3538 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 101 in Rowlett. Or check them out on the web as well at thespiritoutfitters.com. never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslow Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at coslowinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but it's fresh. This is Sunday Clark Radio Voice at your Rowlett Eagles letting you know about Fit Body Boot Camp. What makes Fit Body Boot Camp a unique fitness program is the value of consistent coaching with a professional fitness trainer in a group environment that generates exceptionally high levels of fitness results. At Rowlett Fit Body Boot Camp, we offer complete fitness programs unlike any other that you've tried before. Our program it consists of unlimited group training sessions, fully customized nutrition planning, and a result tracking system designated to ensure our members achieve their fitness goals. Contact Tom or Mark at Fit Body Boot Camp located at 2502 Lawling Lane in Rowlett, Texas, or give them a call at 214-888-2848, or visit them on the web at www.rowlettfbbc.com. 
That's why I hung up because uh, I, 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 you while you were on commercial, I was trying to watch the video and I had both both the commercial and the, the sound of the video going at the same time, so it was kind of distracting. So I, I hung up uh, and I watched the video. And then you know, I don't think I see it the same way you do. Uh, I, let me let me say that. Um, first of all. And you know I'm I'm not a LeBron fan whatsoever, but I I kind of feel like you know it was it was a real reaction. I mean he he even he even said a cuss word on national television, like so that right there tells me that that was not fake that it was a real reaction, and, and you know you might be calling me gullible and 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 a fool for believing it, Sonny, but I honestly do believe that that was a real reaction. Now. With that being said, the name of the show, TNT should be ashamed of themselves for asking or for for bringing that up in that moment right after a basketball game, okay? Whether it was for ratings or for just to get a reaction out of LeBron so people can can chastise him or or critique him or whatever, Shame on TNT. That that does not. I thought when you told me about the video, I thought it was the post game conference. You know, when you go to the podium and all that stuff after after a game and stuff like that. That's what I thought the setting was. Not on the floor, you know, in uniform with sweat beating down your face after literally right after the game. I didn't know that that was the scenario. So now that I've watched it. I, I kind of changed the way I see it, the way I feel about it, and I think TNT should be ashamed of themselves for bringing it up right after, you know, a, a game that that I don't know if that was the game that you know they needed to avoid going down three zero or whatever the case may be. But but no, Sonny, I, I I look at it differently than you do. I thought it was a bad idea for TNT to do that. I thought it was kind of disrespectful too. Uh, not just to LeBron, but to the Popovich family, you know, maybe uh, who, who's to say that they didn't want it to be private for a little while longer. I mean, I don't know. So to me, I thought, I thought it was bad. I thought it was very, you know, class, classless of TNT to do that. And, and I think it was wrong. 
I look at and, and leave it to Dad Spain to get the, the the story clear, just so that everybody knows. And this is just me, and this is yeah. The gets usually when they get the story, they get it right, and and out of them all, but. They knew, and first of all, LeBron knew this question was coming. They advised him that they were going to ask him about this um, as they were going to ask him. So I don't buy that. Well, that's it. And, I don't buy it. You're not buying buy it. it so. Go for it. Nope, nope. I'm not buying it one bit because that, unless, like you said, unless LeBron is like actor of the year, that to, that felt like a real reaction to me, even if it is LeBron, even if it is, the, the one guy that I can't stand in the NBA, that felt real. It felt, I mean, for him to, to let a cuss word slip out on accident, like somebody that's well coached in, in public speaking, they, they know how to avoid that. And, and the fact that, that, that it happened, um, that's why I buy it. I buy it that it's real. So, well, like I said, Sonny. I hate to tell I hate to tell you that you're not you're not sorry you're not wrong often on this show but and this is not because you're wrong is that no LeBron James puts out a video and says get off of the reporter's back it comes from him in his video where he said that she asked him permission to ask him about Popovich's before the interview took place. So he says to the critics of LaForce, that's the interviewer lady, for using grief over Popovich's death before the broadcast, get off of her back, quote, unquote. So LeBron James did know about it from his own I think, and I'm going to counter that, Sonny. I think that was a favor to TNT. You think so? I, I, I don't. Good point. Yep, I'm not okay. buying it. I'm not. I'm not buying it one bit. Uh, I don't care okay. what video he put out. Blah blah blah. I think TNT started catching heat for it. The reporter started catching heat for it, and LeBron said, "Hey, don't worry about it. I got you. I'm gonna put I out a video." You. Yep. <laughs> All right. I, so you I, I got your back, so you think he gets Don't worry little, about it. Do you think he gets a little cut back for that as a thank you from TNT? I mean, I, mean, I always said LeBron James is in uh, Colin Cowherd's back pocket. Um, is TNT in the back pocket of LeBron James trying to sway this over? That's a good point. I just saw the video, and that was enough for me. But and, or the video from, and from the video from LeBron, about saying, hey, they knew it was coming. Um, so, interestingly enough, I mean, I, you know, I, you know, it's it, the conspiracy couch. When you mentioned that, you know, I didn't even think about that conspiracy couch. Goes and how much is TNT in the back pocket of LeBron James and LeBron James doing him a thank you? I don't know because TNT does an awful lot of good talking about LeBron as well. I, you know, I think LeBron probably has stock in Colin Cowherd's show. Well, and you know, I mean, that's, and, and that's why I think on, on TNT, when they're on the air, how often do you hear Charles Barkley criticize LeBron? 
not very often, right? And that's a good speak, point. That is a good point. But but when you hear when you hear Barkley speak about LeBron off the air in an interview, if he's on ESPN or or some other station or whatever the case may be, he fries LeBron James every chance he gets. Fries him, absolutely fries him. So. Do I do I believe that there's something to it? Yeah, absolutely I do. Absolutely I do. But I think all of the networks do it just because of who he is, who he is. It's just like Michael back in the day, you know? It, I mean, you're losing your job if you ever said anything bad about Michael on national television or on the air. Like, don't you even dare think about it because, I mean, it's <laughs> – you're talking about Michael. You don't do that. So I think it's. I think people treat LeBron the same way today that they did Michael back in the '90s. So I think I, that that's my belief, Sonny. I, I mean, I don't know how much truth there is to that. That's that's Cuervo's conspiracy. Is that LeBron hooked him up with a with a quick video saying, "Hey, get off her back." Oh, she she told me she was going to ask me about it. There's no way. I'm not buying it. I know how to read body language, and I'm telling you, Sonny, the body language of that tells me that that was a real reaction. All right, and I'm looking on here. Ernie Johnson explained to the viewers, and he did this as they were going off the air on the inside the uh, NBA, informed uh, – and he said to the viewers that the force had informed James that the um, San Antonio Spurs announced the, uh, during the Cavs game that Aaron Popovich passed away and asked if James wanted to comment. James said that he, he would, and his uh, words were heartfelt. At least that's what's going on. That's how they left it out. And they had empathy. And now, Cuervo, when you say that and, and, what, and how you put it, I think I might change my opinion about this whole thing because they felt it necessary to go off of air with it uh, because of the backlash from the question. Because Charles Barkley was, you know, you, you brought up Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley, his initial reaction was, what the bleep, you know, and uh, about asking about it. Uh, it. He said he did change his perspective, but he still thought, it was probably not a great idea to ask that question of LeBron James. Now, I will say that. You know, you know LeBron James, listen, LeBron James doesn't have to have a comment on everything that goes on in the NBA. That is probably part of the problem uh, when everybody, whether it's TNT, Colin Cowherd, or any LeBron James lover feels that they got to hear from him on every subject. This is one that they could have mm-hmm. probably done without in reality, LeBron James doesn't need to put out a report on how bad that makes him feel. Well, uh, so. well no, Sonny. I, I don't think there was anything wrong with asking him, uh, you know, about his, you know, what he thought. or I mean, because, number one, he was kind of close to Coach Pop, right? Because I think he – I want to say Popovich was part of the USA – national teams during the Olympics. I think he was involved somehow or whatever, and that's how they've gotten to know each other. The problem I have with it is the timing. The timing. Yeah. He just finished a damn game that they needed to win. He is emotional, okay? 
and they go in there for the kill. That's why, you know, the media just makes me sick sometimes. Okay, yeah. everybody loves to, everybody loves to to blast Richard Sherman for the way he reacted after the Seahawks won that NFC Championship against yeah. the Forty ers yeah. when he when he tra- when he trash talked Michael Crabtree, right? Yeah. Dude hasn't even gotten off the field yet. The only thing that he's taken off of his head is his helmet. LeBron, LeBron is still sweating, uh, you know, beads down off of his face. And you're going to tell him about the death of, of, of a coach's wife? Like, give me a break. The media makes me sick sometimes, Sonny. It's <laughs> disgusting how hungry they are for ratings. It just, yeah. oh, my God. Like I said, I, I, TNT should be ashamed of themselves. How disgusting was that that they that they put LeBron in that situation? And again, I'm gonna say it one more time. LeBron is my least favorite player in the league, but I have to back him up on this one because it's it was just absolutely wrong for the way they did the, for the for the timing of it for the way they they did that to him. It just it just wasn't right. I, I completely disagree with the way TNT did that. Yeah, it, it, it's it's interesting. I don't even know. You see, to me, I don't care about LeBron James's opinion about that. And I think sometimes the media goes out of their way to to do things like that. And and I'm right there with you know. And, and I don't want to hear about it. Me personally, I don't want to hear about you know his opinion on it because. Really, in reality, Cuervo, it, whether it's me who blasted him for his fake, you know, his fake response or whatever the case may be, there's absolutely there's no 100% positive reaction that's going to come from that. So why even bother? That part I'm right there with you. I think, frankly, I don't care what LeBron James thinks about uh, Popovich's white hat. I, I don't care about that. And the simple fact of the matter is, is LeBron James will catch up to Greg Popovich and tell him what he wants to tell him. We didn't need to know. It. And sometimes that's where the uh, the media will get out of line. I'm right there with you, Cuervo. The media might have got a little bit out of line on the question uh, because, it, as you said, it wasn't even needed to be asked in the first place. And even uh, Charles Barkley was like, why are they even asking the question? So, you know, there was a little bit, and Charles is even saying this is a stupid question. In the there you go. That's, that's, and that's exactly what I'm saying, Sonny. It just, it just was so un- – the whole situation was so unnecessary. Like, they, they could have they waited until, you know, he showered and, 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 and you know, was wearing, you know, uh, uh, regular street clothes and – you know, because he always goes after the game to the to the post conference. Like, I think that would have definitely been a lot more appropriate time to mention it. You know, when his when his emotions are calm and and, and whatnot. Um, and he didn't have to. You know, I mean, he doesn't even have to pretend like he didn't know. He could just be like, "Hey, uh, you know, I got a text from somebody uh, telling me, you know, telling me the news, whatever." My initial reaction was this. Like, that would have been a lot more appropriate than, hey, LeBron, we know you're sweating your ass off right now and there's, and there's sweat <laughs> dripping down your face. But we're going to go ahead and we're going we're gonna to let you know that, uh, 
one, a coach that you have a tremendous amount of respect for. Yeah, his wife died. So, uh, yeah, what do you think? Like, it's so uncalled for, man. Like, it is so bad. It, it just – yeah. I don't know. It, 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 yeah, and you're right, Sonny. I mean, do I care what LeBron's reaction – or not reaction, but his, his opinion or, you know – him talking about, oh, I love pop, and oh my God, we're together as a family in the NBA. Yeah, you know, blah blah blah. But still, the the fact of the matter is, man, just bad timing, TNT. That just no wrong. It was so wrong. And, so wrong. And I hope, and I hope the NBA has you know something to say about it. But they probably won't, because I mean, it's you know, it's LeBron, so you know, whatever. But to me, I just, I just think I don't know. I, I I'm repeating myself now, Sonny. It, it was just a disgusting <laughs> act by it's TNT to do frustrating that. Frustrating you, yes. Well, what about you know? I, I'm gonna switch. I'm gonna switch the beat because your Chicago Bears made me angry this week, and I'm gonna tell you the reason. Why is that? I, your, your Bears, your, your Bears made me mad. And it's mainly because I am I am so against the one day contract, Cuervo. It just messes me up. Yes, I know, Sonny. You need to get a life, but the one day contract just ticked me off. I mean, you know, if you don't know that that Forte uh. is better known to be a bear than he was a jet. Or Devin Hester, you know, being known as a bear uh, compared to the what the other two or three teams he played for, you don't know anything about bear history. This, it, 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 yeah. They well, there's a lot that. of it, so. I, exactly. So you know, so signing a one-day contract so you can quote unquote retire as a bear, bear me. I'm sorry, you know, if, if you're that dumb to know that he wasn't a bear, then you don't deserve to be a, a bear fan. But I don't know what it is about the one-day contract that bothers me, Cuervo. I, it just, you know, it, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I just wish I knew why it made me mad, Cuervo. But the one-day contract bothered me. Um, so yeah, your bears had me running. So I have to give you an opportunity, Hester and Matt Forte. You know, sign that one-day contract so they can retire as the members of the bear organization where they started. Uh, yeah, I, I, are you liking the fact they signed as the bear? Is it just? It's got to just be me because I've got a couple of emails going. Funny, what's your problem? <laughs> <laughs> He's just an angry guy. No, uh, I mean that's it. <laughs> you know, I mean. I mean, well, you're probably, I'm probably going to make you even more angry because I love it. I absolutely love it. Now, yes, yeah. you're right. You're right. Okay, you're absolutely right. Nobody, everybody is going to remember those two guys as bears. But I think it was more of a personal decision. It was a more of a, a, a personal thing more than it was business or professional or anything like that. It's just, you know, when, when they submit for their retirement, it, they wanted to be, you know, in their paperwork that they were members of the Chicago Bears when they retired. And I think that's what it's more about. So, um, you know, let me ask you, let me ask you a question. 
Were you in an uproar when Jerry Rice did it and he signed the one-year yes. contract as a 49? Absolutely. Were you now? Were you really, Sonny? Were you really? Yeah, Cuervo, that might, that, that's what might have started it because if anybody that knows anything about wide receivers, the best wide receiver, yes, and I've said it even though you don't agree, the best wide receiver to play this game, okay, has to retire as a 49er if you're an ignorant idiot. I mean, and you don't know anything enough about Jerry Rice to know that he was a 49er and he did all of it as a 49er, then you are as stupid as you possibly can be. I mean, listen, Jerry Rice, <laughs> Joe Montana, Steve Young, geez, if, if you just watch, a friend of mine here in my local area, a broadcaster, he says, watch the damn game, okay? If you, for one second, honestly, I mean, honestly, believe Jerry Rice, out of all of them, is a Oakland Raiders, Seattle Seahawks, or Denver Broncos, you are just stupid. Which, by the way, he played for all three teams in 2000. Or, or actually, he signed the contract all in 2004. He played for the Broncos in 2005, which, by the way, off-season practice, he was a squad member only. Okay, so know your history. Know your role. Shut your mouth. Know your guy. Okay, that's what I said. Just know your guy. And that, that might have been that one Cuervo where he signed into a one-day damn contract that really just made me, you know, really bad with it. I mean, 15 years, if you know it. And, and I know this off the top of my head because of Tim Brown. I did, you know, a lot of history on it, you know, keeping up with Tim Brown as local gear that he is. Um I know that stuff off the top of my head about why, because if he played in today's game, he would have had a lot more yards than he got then throughout his career. Um, and he would have been more than a six-time NFL yards leader. He would have been more than a two-time offensive player of the year. He would have been more than a ten-time first-team all-pro. Yeah, I know that off the top of my head, folks. Um, so he would have gotten a lot more. Listen this way about now. This part I did, I am looking up. Give me a second. And, all right, here it is, 22,895 uh, yards. He would have very easily went over 25,000 over his career if he could play under today's rules. Uh, touchdowns, 197. He could have maybe had 220, maybe 225, somewhere in that area. I mean, so he is the mm-hmm. best to ever play this game, um, you know. Yes. And I love me, and I love me some Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens, you know, I think, you know, if you got to play in today's era where you can't hardly touch him, I think Terrell Owens might be number two on every number out there. So um, it is what it is. But, you know, that, that just goes from era to era, you know, whether it be basketball from Jordan when they played in the mugging days out on the court compared to the, the finesse day of today. So back in the day where wide receivers – you know, had to battle down the down the um, down the field in order to get the ball. Compared to, you can't touch them after five. Could you imagine if you couldn't touch Jerry Rice after five yards down the field? Where though? I mean, the guy, the guy, no one would ever touch his numbers if he got that opportunity. Well, I mean, honestly, Sonny, I don't think anyone's going to touch his numbers, anyways. But true, you know, with you know, with that said, I mean. Look, I, I'll clear the air a little bit for you because I, I know you mentioned earlier that 
that uh, I feel like he's not the GOAT. Statistically, hands down, Jerry Rice is the GOAT. Is he my favorite receiver of all time? He's not. Nope. He's not because I I like a little more flash in my wide receivers. I like a little more, <laughs> you know, ability to go up and, and, and get the ball and come down with it. And and I'm not saying Jerry Rice didn't do it. But uh, he just didn't do it with style. <laughs> he he, it was, it was like it was like watching art being created when Randy Moss went up there and you know gobbled up footballs the way he did. It, it was it was it was beautiful to watch. It was an art, but statistically, yeah, I mean. Jerry Rice blows everybody away. Randy Moss is, you know, what, top three, I guess, all time. I would say T.O.'s probably a little bit better statistically. But I'm sorry. I just, if if I'm in a Hail Mary situation and I need somebody to go up and get the ball for me, Randy Moss is my guy. That's my guy. Like, He's hands down my favorite receiver of all time, Sonny, and it's not even close. So that's just a personal preference. It's just a personal preference, but let's keep it there. Who's your favorite quarterback to play the game? I think you know the answer to that, Sonny. I think you know the answer to that. One, Mr. Peyton Manning, a.k.a. the Sheriff, (laughs) is my favorite quarterback of all time. At least, at least he's got the pedigree and the numbers to back it if you wanted to do that. Yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, but, and, and you know, for you Brady lovers, and I mean to interrupt you, Sonny, for all you Brady <laughs> lovers out there that are listening, look, I don't care about how many more rings Brady has. Let me tell you something. Defensive coordinators pull their hair out thinking about having to go up against Peyton Manning. Lost sleep over thinking about going up against Peyton Manning. Sometimes he lost their jobs over going against Peyton Manning. That's how much impact he made on on, on coordinators on other teams. Yeah, okay, that's fine. You know, you can have him on his, on his playoff resume. That, hey, that's fine, Sonny. But let me tell you something. People didn't do not fear Tom Brady the way that they feared Peyton Manning when I he played. I agree with you. Well, and that's because of the division, Cuervo. Clearly because of the division. I mean, you look at Tom Brady, why couldn't they win that division for the last 13 years? All right, so, you know, that's... That I completely agree with you. Um, you know, it, but that's based up on the division. But at the same time, you look at Peyton Manning, the division he played in wasn't much. But the situation, the situation is that he was just that much better. I, I listen. You, you're not going to tell me anybody was better than Johnny Unitas, okay? So that part's not, and and I love me some Tom Brady. It would go Unitas, Brady, and then Peyton is the way I would go top three, which I couldn't be wrong. I couldn't be right. So, you know, everybody would have their different opinions of that. And, but, yeah, you know, I, you know that, that's what Peyton Manning will always be, regardless if he got two rings or not. He, he will be criticized for his his 
post uh, postseason record, which if you're going to be considered a go, you got to get. I think you got to get more than two. Although, thank God he got two, because I don't know if Peyton Manning could ever live down the fact that Eli Manning has more than two. Um, you know, so that would that would be a disgrace. It'd be a travesty for uh, Peyton Manning to have to live that life. And I'm hoping that somehow Eli Manning can't get a third to where he would have to come out of retirement and say, I just can't let this happen. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's that would be the one argument, but that's all he would really need to say. Well, I'm now, it, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, it, it, so it goes to show. Depends on what you think about that number. Now, hey, who's your favorite? I, I know who mine, bar none, who's my favorite. Um, who's your favorite uh, running back in the game? <laughs> I know oh, these dumb funny. questions are – these dumb questions really are insulting to you, but our audience needs to know. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, By the you way, know, your like number I said, one is my number. Your number one's my number one. Okay. That, well, that's good. And I've got a frame of him nailed up on my wall as well. Um, good man. So as as my quarterback is uh, first name Peyton, my favorite running back is last name Peyton. Yeah. Uh, old sweetness himself. Yep. I mean, I. Yeah. I mean, you can't go. You can't go wrong with Walter Payton. And, and you know. That's I mean, where, folks. Not only that, those, especially around here, if you have enough gall to say Emmitt Smith is a better running back, okay. Let's just imagine Walter Payton behind that offensive line of the Dallas Cowboys. How many more yards and touchdowns he would have had in his rushing career? Thank you very much. Exactly, um, and, and and I'll tell you though my my one B because Walter's my one A, my one B I think is another guy that if he had the offensive line uh, that Emmett Smith had would probably have I mean just like the Jerry Rice records nobody would touch the records and I'm talking about one Mr. Barry Sanders. Yeah, uh, he's, he's my he number is, two. Yep. Yeah, that's I mean for me it's one A and one B. And, and if he played uh, that, well, yeah. I mean, oh God. I you know I give credit to Detroit Lion fans for continuing to be Detroit Lion fans and that's not me making fun of you know, as a Bears fan. That 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 like honestly, for for the for the crap that you guys have had to go through with two guys in their primes that were the best at what they did to just say, Nah, I don't wanna play no more. Like that, that's tough. That's really tough. Like that, I, I, I really if feel. He was feeling a Cuervo in his head, not the rest of his body. You want to talk about a guy who took punishment on his body? Walter Payton and Barry Sanders. Matter of fact, Walter. Payton, the reason why Walter Payton's my number one that you weren't running him out of bounds, you were forcing him out, which means you had to take a hit from Walter Payton. Barry Sanders, a little bit of the same way. You had to take a hit from these guys. But I wonder. And, and I haven't even heard or looked. And one of these days, maybe I should about you know how he's feeling. What is his feeling up on his brain, and how he's dealing with the head injury, supposed because that guy took a licking as well. He did. Um, you know, honestly, I don't. I don't. I think. I mean, who's to say that that's not why he retired? 
That's you know, what he was afraid of. I would love to know that story. One of these days I'll get to that story, why he really actually – I mean, he'll publicly have one, but it's always in the back of my mind, especially guys like Barry Sanders, Walter Payton, Eric Dickerson, these guys that took it before they went out of bounds more so than ran out of bounds, um, how they're actually feeling, or is that the reason why they left? And in Barry's case, he left way too early in reality. Yeah, I agree, Sonny. I mean, I think, you know, for right now, I, unless somebody has, you know, solid evidence to argue otherwise, I really do think it was about the the fact that the team was not getting him help the help he needed. Um, you know, that's the story that I know. That's the story that I've heard is that, you know, why Barry decided to retire at such an early age is because he just felt like the organization was not doing what they had to do to, to, to surround some talent around Barry Sanders, okay? I mean, the guys that they had were, were average dudes, okay? Scott Mitchell, a quarterback, come on. Yes, like, yes. You know, the, 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 rece- the receivers that they had were, were okay, okay? They, they, they weren't uh, – they weren't high caliber. I mean, you know, he didn't have a Michael Irvin like Emmett Smith did. He didn't have a Jay Novacek at tight end like Emmett Smith did. He didn't have a Larry Allen, you know, bulldozing over defensive linemen like Emmett Smith did. So, you know, Barry Sanders had zero help up there in Detroit, and and I think he got frustrated. That that's at least that's the story that I know is that he got so frustrated. He said, "The hell with it! I'm I'm walking away." And I got the reason and now, why. And, and now, I, you, I, now you come to two year, you know, two years ago, same thing with Calvin Johnson. It was just, but I think Calvin had a little more help than than Barry Sanders did back then. You know. Yeah. Well, here's I mean, the Matthew, story Matthew, of Barry Sanders. Here's the story. I'm looking okay, at. Okay, let's I, hear I it. Just looked it up. Let's All hear right. it. He, 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 something left him, and it was the passion for the game. And and that could be because they had Scott Mitchell at quarterback. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I, it, to it go, could have been what was surrounding them. I think that was really more of what you're saying. Because let me tell you something: during that time, if he had a winning quarterback, he might not have lost his passion for the game. And, and more than the fact that he had to put everything on his shoulders in order for him to win the six or seven games that they won in the season. Right. Yeah, I, I think that has a lot to do with, with uh, you know, why Calvin left too. It's just, I think. But you know what I think with Calvin when I when I when I think about Calvin injuries. Johnson, I think that was that was more about injuries. Absolutely, it was more yeah. about injuries because I'm right there with the knowledge of the of the knowledge that these guys have now. I think uh, Calvin was like, "Yep, yeah, I'm good. I, I'm not willing to to." Uh, you know, live the rest of my life with, with these, you know, brain injuries. And it just, I think it was the fear of hearing other people's stories, you know, these, these older guys that they were like, Nope, I'm not doing it. So. Hey, Quirbo, um, let me ask you this though. If you look at yes, Calvin sir. Johnson in his career and the Detroit Lions were consistent playoff caliber teams, do you think that he would have retired or uh, or the injuries that plagued him so much would have been more of a downplay story 
getting over the hump. But in my opinion, the reason why they weren't getting over the hump was because of him more so, you know, than anything else. I really do. And, you know, you might be right. I mean, there, 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 there's probably a lot of truth to that. I mean, you think about it, if, you know, if, if you're one of the best at what you do, but you're not really seeing the results, I mean, it's, that, and that's why, you know, I go, back to, I go back to LeBron. That's why he left Cleveland the first time. And that's probably why he's going to leave Cleveland again, because Dan Gilbert, the owner, uh, you know, fooled him into coming back to Cleveland saying, hey, everything's going to be all good. And they did win a championship. But after that, I mean, what what has he done for LeBron in trying to surround him with talent? I mean, it's just, you know, the, the trades well, that they made, that Sonny, were, were – Well, I mean, it, it, basketball's a different type of sport, so it, it, it's hard to compare the two situations, but – Okay. Um, I, I, you know, I, I'll, I'll live with that. I, I, I just, I just, I guess what I would, the, the reason I brought that up is because, it, you know, it's Calvin was the best receiver in the game at the time that he walked away. LeBron is considered the best player in the NBA right now. And there's, there's a very good chance that he walks away from Cleveland again. Um, now, what, is he going to retire? No, um, I don't. I don't think he is. But you know, it's 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 a different sport, but it's the same situation. In the matter of, you know, guys that get criticized because they can't do it by themselves. Nobody can do it by themselves. Michael didn't do it by himself. He had Scotty. He had, you know, Horace Grant, and then Dennis Rodman years later, like. As much as I love Michael, I mean, I honestly don't think that they would have been as successful as the as they were without those guys. I agree. Uh, and, and, and so, listen, and, and Horace Grant, he said it well. What Michael wasn't winning championships without me before he came there. So, and, and it's true. So there's no question about that. Horace Grant wasn't there for very long, but they weren't winning championships before he got there. So he was a part of it. Now, obviously, the main piece of the puzzle, you don't get it without Michael Jordan. There's no question. But also surrounding them the way they did is right. By the way, just to let you know, this this is the numbers, okay? In 1989, Barry Sanders on the Detroit Lions won seven games, 96 games. And 91, good season, 12 and 4. Uh, 92, 5-11. 10-6, loss in the wild card to the Packers. 9-7 the next year in 94, loss to the Packers again. Uh, then they went 10-6. They lost in the playoffs. Uh, that was the wild card against the Eagles at that time. Then 5, then 9, then 5. Okay? You know, it, th- this was a tough team that, you know, they during the Barry Sanders era, the 10 years, it was only over 10 game winning it, it, 30% of the time that he was, you know, playing in the game. Only, and so that means the other 70% of his career, he was 10 games or less. So I can see how that can wear on a guy like Barry Sanders, who is that good. Um, uh, but uh, Barry Sanders says he is actually shocked that players are retiring because of the concussion thing. That's what he said. That's a quote, by the way. He's shocked. 
that they are retiring because of that. So um, it, it, I, 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 I wish I could really get into this guy's head. By the way, he's a uh, former Oklahoma State uh, Sooner uh, out of college, uh, that being Barry Sanders, yes. Yeah, so absolutely. Mm-hmm. So some big-time big, big reasonings on why people uh, do or think what they think. Uh, it, it is we got some – not that it matters that we got off track because we cover a lot of stuff when we are here. Um, is that, I want to I go to uh, a, a thing that I wanted to talk about on Wednesday when we popped on. We just didn't have time because of it. I want to go to Marcus Mariota. And, and here, here's, here's my thing. Marcus Mariota, his fifth-year option was picked up by Tennessee. And I, I want you to understand something. This is their franchise quarterback. And usually what happens here, as far as franchise quarterbacks are concerned, Cuervo, they don't offer out and they don't normally exercise a fifth-year option if they honestly believe you're the guy, Cuervo. He catch my point there. Something in Tennessee, I think there could be some writing on the wall as they go up there. So they believe in Mariota for next year and the year after that. But what they are telling him, you better prove it. Because normally at this juncture, we're talking restructure or renegotiation of contract, not picking up a fifth-year option off his rookie, uh, in his rookie uh, contract, Cuervo. There, there's, a, there's some writing on the wall. I think the Tennessee Titans sent a complete big message to Marcus Mariota. They're expecting more from him. Well, I mean, I mean, how much more do they want, Sonny? I mean, I, I, I know he's not putting up MVP numbers, but he did lead them to the playoffs. He did get them. He, you know, he got them there, and they actually won a game too. So, I mean – Honestly, what more do they expect from Marcus Mariota? Maybe they should try to, you know, this is another situation. Maybe try to surround him with some better talent. Come on. Uh, you know, Derrick Henry as their number one running back now because they let, they let uh, I believe they let DeMarco Murray walk away. So he's not there anymore, or unless I'm wrong. I can't remember, but. You know, they, they draft uh, Corey Davis, the wide receiver, last year from Western Michigan. That guy didn't do much his rookie year. So, I mean, you know, Eric Decker, they had Eric Decker as a receiver. Come on. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, they, expe- they expect more from Mariota. I hope Mariota turned around and told them, well, I expect more from you. Surround me with some better talent. Well, yeah, because... well, let me ask you this question. I mean, granted, you're talking about talent that is definitely subpar. There's no question about that. But I, I, when I just think about quarterbacks, and what I think about quarterbacks is they make other players better. And he couldn't – listen, Eric Decker could play. Before he got down there with the Jets, that guy could play. So what happened? I'll tell you what happened. Just this last year, Mariota finished last. Um, last year with a third, uh, 3,232 yards passing, 13 touchdowns, 15 interceptions in 15 games. And he has 9,476 yards, 58 touchdowns, the 34 interceptions through, season, three, through three seasons. 
okay, that those numbers in today's NFL don't hold well. But at the same time, I get where you're coming from, Cuervo, but I don't know if, if Mariota was throwing some, for some big-time yards, you know, in his first three years, he's only averaging 3,200 yards his first three years passing the football. And last year he was a negative two, a touchdown to interception uh, uh, ratios. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's hard for Marcus Mariota to man anything, regardless who's on his team, uh, when he's only got that amount of yards uh, on underneath his shoulders in reality. Again, now, if the guy was, you know, in three years through for 12,000 yards, he'd be going, hey, can I get somebody who can actually play this game? But right now, I just don't think he's in a position to be demanding anything because his performance is not making others better around him. Sometimes you have to have that guy in order to demand that kind of respect before he says, well, who are you going to get me? More so than the, the owner saying, these are the guys you got to do it with. Go do it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that that's what happened or that's what he should do, but, I mean, at the same time, you've you got to look at the, the overall picture of what's going on with the Tennessee Titans. I mean, you know, they're, they're – and, you know, maybe maybe the, maybe it's not what we think it is. Maybe they just – they uh, declined the, the fifth-year option. Is that, is that what you said happened? Yes, if I heard you right. No, no, they, um, no, they, 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 they exercised it. They won it, which is only through three years, so they're saying – You've got two years to get this right, more so than usually after the third year. They're talking renegotiation of a contract if he had some kind of success that we're like, hey, this guy's going to be with us a long time. Let's see what we can to where we don't have to pay out through the nose. Okay. Well, in that case, Sonny, I, I, my apologies. I misunderstood. I took – okay. I have a different opinion then. <laughs> um, okay. I think That's the good. Titans are just – I think the Titans are just being cheap. They don't. They're 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 gonna wait to to pay him. They're gonna wait as long as they can, um, just because they probably feel like you know what, before we before we commit to him any longer, let's see let's see what he does for us, you know, the next two years, and and honestly, I mean, it's a gamble. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think you have to be careful because if this guy decides he's going to go test free agency, um, you know, you just and, and he's playing at a high level. I mean, you just let a franchise quarterback walk away, and, and that would be something I think that would make the Titans organization sick to their stomach, knowing that they had a guy, and because they they were trying to be cheap about it, now he's gone. So. Or, or uh, it's going to cost you know, some more money in the long run, Corey, bro. That's a good point. Titans better be careful. About, yeah, it, 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 it just depends. It's a risk-reward, right, Cuervo, in reality? Yeah, absolutely. About it. All right, because here's the thing, though. Just so that you know, Cuervo, they picked up the fifth year. Okay, you want to know how much that money is worth for Marcus Mariota? It's a big payday for him. In 2019... He gets paid $20 million, Cuervo. So it's not the fact that they're cheap. It's more than the fact that they want to see what they're going to get for their $20 million before they sign it. Because that $20 million is a lot more than $20 million in 2020. So they are 
definitely watching out for it. See, that was the big jump on those rookie uh, those rookie uh, contracts. That's twenty million dollars that they are investing. They're being cheap smart, I think. And the reason why I say that is because they got a good year out of them. And Cuervo, first year he made four hundred thirty-five thousand. Second year, five hundred twenty-five thousand. Third year, six hundred and fifteen thousand dollars. Okay, his bonuses equal only nine thousand for the first. I uh, mark that nine million, ten million over the first three years of his contract. So the simple fact of the matter is, is they're making a big time commitment at the same time phase. You better prove it to me in 2018 and 2019 because we're not going to pop you for $21, $22 million in 2021 or 22 if you're not putting up the numbers we expected. I think it's an ultimatum. It's a great payoff for Marcus Mariota as well. I mean, and not only that, Cuervo, those are hard cap hits at $20 million. Those are hard. They're not soft cap hits where you can take some of it off. Those are straight hard cap hits that they're taking against the salary cap. Right. And, you know, and I get that. I mean, I understand. I totally understand. I just, you know, I mean, I, I guess, I mean, I, I, you can't really argue against how the Titans are going about it because, you know, I mean, they, that's, and that's what every team's trying to do. They're trying to, to yep. save money in, 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 in different ways and, and if you know, just to me, the the one position that you don't play with is the quarterback, and, and that's why, that's why I'm. I guess I'm saying it the way I am because, you know, if it's a wide receiver, hey, I'm all about it. Like, don't ever commit to a wide receiver, and that's why Tez Bryant's a free agent right now because, yes, you know, the, the, the Cowboys said thanks but no thanks. Hey, we appreciate what you did, but but we're moving on as an organization yeah. and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. My only, my only issue with this situation is this is you're playing with fire because this is the one position that you can't mess with. Because if, if you let that quarterback walk away because you decided to, to wait and, and, and you didn't want to give him the big paydays and that's fine. I mean, that's, that's as a decision you, as an organization, you made a decision. And now you know you lie in the bed, or you you made the bed. Now you got to lie in it. So uh, that's that's where I think the Titans would either make a you know make a huge mistake, or you know they they it it gives them a lot of flexibility to go out there and get a different quarterback, and and I mean you know hit the jackpot somewhere down the line. So, yeah, it's it's just it's it's a roll of the dice, honey. It really is. But you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Well, that takes us to my final subject. It'll take us up to the three o'clock hour, or maybe even more. But where both? Since we were on on Wednesday, we actually had people listening to us. We had people say us we're crazy that if you don't want to resign Aaron Rodgers, so you know, for the money that he's going to cost. Cuervo, I, I'm going to tell you, I, 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 took the, I took a beating, and I still stand by what I'm saying, Cuervo. The, the $100 million bucks that you're going to have to guarantee Aaron Rodgers, you're not going to give him a contract for $100 million. 
you're going to have to guarantee $100 million to this guy. And do the Packers want to take that risk right now? And when he's under contract for the next two years, I'm going to tell you, some people look at that move or thinking of what by not really renegotiating Aaron Rodgers' contract. They're seeing it as disrespect more so than a business move. A lot of times business moves are disrespectful, but is it smart for the Packers? Now, Cuervo, I know you want Aaron Rodgers out of your division. I completely get it. Um, you, you don't need Aaron Rodgers if you want an opportunity to make the playoffs if you're in the NFC North. That being said, I just think this is good business sense for the Packers because if the guy can't stay healthy, you know, like you said, turning into Tony Romo, two collarbone uh, injuries. Now, Romo did it all in the same year, but the last two years, collarbone problem, collarbone problem. Is this guy worth the $100 million that you're going to have to guarantee for the next Deshaun Kaiser because maybe they feel like, well, you know, this, you know, Aaron's becoming real fragile, like, like, like a, like a fine piece of glass because, I mean, this is what the second or third time now that he has broken a collarbone, Uh, you know, it's a la Tony Romo, the same, same situation. He broke his collarbone multiple times. And I mean, Let's face it, Tony was never the same guy after after those injuries. So, absolutely, um, you know, maybe Green Bay is looking at it the same way. Now, what they see in Sean Kaiser, I have no clue. Uh, the kid was only a rookie last year, so maybe there's something that they see in him. Hey, by all means, whatever. They, you know, that's that's on them. They made the trade. He's he's the backup quarterback now in in Green Bay. Um, that's, I mean, that's my only thinking is that they just they feel like he is he's a fragile guy now, and that uh, it's probably the you know the end of the line for for Aaron in in Green Bay. Um, I think he's got to win another Super Bowl before they put that money into him, Cuervo. I think I think it's almost a necessity that you win the Super Bowl before you put take a hundred million dollars into a guy that can start being considered as fragile because of that whole situation. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you have to take it that far, Sonny, but play at least, you know, 13 games, you know, give, give us, give us a full season. Let's see how it goes. I mean, let's not, let's not forget, you know, Last year, not not this past year, but the year before that, they were in the NFC Championship games. They almost got to the Super Bowl. I mean, they've they've played in you know two or three NFC Championship games that you know they wind up losing, but that was opportunities to go to a Super Bowl. So I don't even think it it's really that 
they, you know, they want to see another ring out of Rodgers before they commit. They want to see some, some stability. They want to see some health, some good health. They want to see some, some durability from Aaron Rodgers before they commit to him. I think that's, that's their bigger concern than winning another ring. I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm sure they would love to win another ring. That would be a bonus for them. But I think really when you look at the smaller goal of just be healthy, I think that's what they're more concerned with. Right. And and that injury brings up a lot of problems if you think about it. If you remember back in December, they're still thinking on whether or not him being placed on the IR uh, and going back on the IR without a new injury is actually a rule that was broken by the Green Bay Packers. And they still have to come back from that. I remember that being a big deal in December, if I'm not questioned. But um, the, the whole thing um, about the IR, the injury reserve. Now, the fact of the matter is, and their, their big question, with, that, with him coming off of, in, at that time, it was an IR that was a short-term IR. He comes back off but goes back on the IR um, before the end of the season, uh, obviously finishing him up for the rest of the year. Some of the other teams were questioning why he was not eligible for him to be off the, on the shelf for the rest of the year instead of coming back for that one game. And they're still deciding that issue right now at the NFL offices, which I'm wondering sometimes, and just within, you know, sometimes does time, you know, go away from the issues in the NFL? And I believe some are. They get skirted or they get forgotten about or everything. Since they didn't make the playoffs, it was no big deal. How much this is going to affect the, the Packers as well? Because really, if you go by the rules, the way the rules were written, they definitely broke a rule within the IR rules. And the question is, is how much do they care or how much are they going to have to pay in a fine? And the Aaron, if it's going to happen for Aaron Rodgers, this is going to happen for other players out on the football field at quarterback position who are these guys that are obviously guys that make a big impact on your football team. Right, and, and nobody makes a bigger impact on the team than the quarterback does. So, you know, Absolutely. Aaron is, is extremely successful. I mean, he's, he's – I mean, you know, he could be the exception to certain things uh, that organizations do and, and some of the decisions they make. But I think at this stage in his career, you really have to start looking at the things that have declined his performance, you know, his age – his durability, um, yeah. you know, nobody nobody wants to ever face that reality of, man, you know, the guy that has brought us so much success is getting old. Like, nobody ever wants to face that reality, just like in New England, just like in New Orleans, just like in, you know, yeah. uh, even in Pittsburgh uh, is another example. Like, those yeah. those organizations are, are, I don't want to say they're afraid, but it's just – you know, you tend to be a little naive for a little while. And like, oh, no, no, he's he still got a lot left in the tank. But in the reality, yep. they don't. Yep. And who knows? How much longer does Aaron Rodgers tag on? I look at it as a great business decision. I think they did the right thing by saying, hey, that's proven. And not, not giving that contract out right now. I think it's very smart for them business-wise. And obviously, the, the Sean Kaiser move, I think, was definitely in a complete direction for that. And that's the reason why. And Kaiser could be better 
later. We'll find that out. Well, this is the So that having been said, first that's the name of the show. That's going to do it for us here this week. We'll be back on there on Thursday as we start and talk about the NFL draft. We'll decide that time on the, you know during chat, Cuervo, and then we'll get it out when we'll be on. Sounds good, boss. That sounds good to me, Sonny. I look forward to it. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for us here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Hope everybody has a good week. We'll catch you on Thursday. Bye-bye.